Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, December 2nd, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 466. This is No Agenda. Minimizing the probability and consequences of failures here in the capital of the drone star state, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's raining like cats and dogs. Or it is cats and dogs raining. Ah, who cares? I'm John C. Dvorak. Is this not exactly what they predicted that you scoffed at on Thursday? This is ridiculous. It's not the rain. It's the ants. <laughs> Wait a minute. When, they, when it yeah. rains too much and it's been raining like all night and yeah. day. Yeah. Which is what they, which is what well, they predicted. It's a good one. It's a good storm. Yeah. yeah they predicted. Yeah. And well, it drives the ants out of the ground because they get drowned. It, you know, the, the, uh, for people who don't know, there is an ant colony that goes all the way from Mexico to, I think, the border of Canada. I don't. It's, there's none of these ants in Washington State. Oh, really? Because they they said it that it goes all the way up. Well, maybe maybe not <sighs> they're, all. The they're way not up. in Washington. I, we've never seen one. We had them in Los Angeles. It was so bad they were coming out of the light sockets. Is that what you have? Uh, there's a, this one. Is a, here's a, it's, these are Argentinian ants, right? And uh, how which do you know? Are are unusual. Do they speak uh, Brazilian? No, no, that's Portuguese. Argentinians speak Spanish. Ah, good. Okay, so the Spanish-speaking uh, ants. It's it's an unusual ant colony because it's one giant ant colony, and so if say you have a a, a big mound of them somewhere, like uh, in say your backyard, yeah. and you wipe them out, and a few of the ants get away and they roam around, and then they find another hive, the other ones welcome the new ant in and put them to work, as right. opposed to what most right. ants do, which is they they kill the interlopers. Uh huh. So these ants can, they don't have to, you know, they, they're, they're, uh, non-committal, I guess. And so they're all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And there are jillions of them. They don't bite or anything. No, they're no, kind no, of harmless or incredibly, they get, they get, incredible. They get nuisance. into everything. They get in everything. They, they, get they leave into trails. Everything. So we've had this and it's incredibly hard to get rid of them because you literally have to, especially the it, kitchen is the hardest one. Takes days. Yeah. It can take longer than that. And, and particularly if your kitchen is, Mm, somewhat messy. I'm looking at you, Dvorak. <laughs> we literally had to take everything out of the kitchen and and you know place it in a neutral place while so just to exterminate these ants that were in all the cupboards. They go along electricity lines. They come out of uh, wall sockets. They they come yeah. out of the craziest places. It is the most disgusting thing. Take some pictures and tweet them. Well, we don't have the we we're, we're kind of on it, so I don't have good. What you want to get is when you have like a you have your kitchen garbage in a container, and then you get up in the morning, and there is a line that looks like a black line done with uh, a yeah. magic marker. Yeah, I know it's exactly, and it's the ants, these ants <laughs> I know, going it's... back and forth, and then there's also these weird. Uh, there's a the funniest thing is these creepy beetles. There's a creepy little. You don't see them that often, but when you see them, it's like what's this? And they're hanging out with the ants. These little beetles, they're playing, like playing cards. They're little bitty. Uh, they're like a triple ant. It's yeah. like three three lengths of an ant, but they're the same kind of basic size. Uh huh. And they're they're going in and out. And they they apparently know the ants don't. They say ah whatever. It's like the it's like the Borg. If you're on a Borg ship, uh huh, you can wander around, and the Borg don't really do anything until you start killing them. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so these ants and these beetles start. Yeah, but anyway, it forms this line, and you just vacuum them up. And it's weird. You can vacuum up the entire line, which could be like five feet long to a, where they're coming in. And then as, you, as soon as you lift the vacuum up, the line is back again within five seconds. Right. Okay. So here, here, here's what you do. I have experience with this because we had. Well, we, I, let me let me give you my experience. When we moved okay, into the I'll place in Los Angeles, there was a line of ants going around the house. And, oh, yeah. th- and that line got pro- progressively worse until they finally found their way in. So there is a colony somewhere on your on your property. You have oh, yeah. to, you, more than one. You have to nuke that. And then yeah. and then you need to put down some Splenda because those guys, they come up, they eat the Splenda and within seconds <laughs> they die. <laughs> and anything that contains aspartame, just give it a try. It's guaranteed to work. On humans, oh, that's a too. funny idea. I, <laughs> I ha- that's actually a good idea. What I do is I have some some ant poison and I find the points of entry and then I just dob it on there and then the ants come by and they start you know having conniptions yeah. And, yeah. and then they pretty soon start yeah and then <laughs> convulsions and then they start yeah. forming a pile of dead ants and then yeah. you can kind of vacuum, vacuum them up, up and yeah I would yeah, also whatever. recommend calling it's disgusting. Uh, call California term, call Don't Terminix. move here anyone No call Terminix is what I do Terminix oh. Those guys are great yeah, they don't give a crap if they're poisoning you or anybody else. No, but the, but the ant problem's gone. Anyway, John, um, I am very, very dismayed at the start of today's program, not just for your ant issue, but I am so angry that here we are, two guys with a perfectly good, not, not just good, but an excellent, outstanding consultancy. The uh, Curry Devora Consultancy Group. We know everything about media. We know how to sell a message. Hey, if you're in the New World Order, you want to get the slaves to listen up, you know, come to us. And once again, the President of the United, Na- United States has not taken advantage of the services of the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group. What did he do wrong this time? Well, they've got a new slogan for this whole fiscal cliff thing. Oh, no. Yeah. Of course, our slogan would be something like... Right, you know, something that we know would work, Excellent. right? Yeah, exactly. Now, what do they do? Uh, and that's why I'm going to be asking for all of you to make your voices heard over the next few days and the next couple of weeks. I need you to remind members of Congress, Democrats and Republicans, to not get bogged down in a bunch of partisan bickering. By the way, did you hear he has a an S? My favorite. He went. Yeah, that's that's Obama too. Members of Congress. Oh, Obama too is the one that has the list. Yeah, he's the one that does that. Okay. But let's go ahead and focus on the people who sent us to Washington, and make sure that we're doing the right thing by them. Hey. So I want you to call. I want you to send an email. Post on their Facebook wall. Uh, if you tweet, then use a hashtag. We're calling my two K. Now, really? What? My 2K. They are taking one of the, the, something that people associate with one of the biggest hoaxes in the universe, the Y2K computer glitch, and they have now turned that into my 2K, which is your $2,000 that it'll cost you if we, uh, if we go off the fiscal cliff. Who in the world thinks this is a good idea? To use something that is associative with Y2K as something great and something you need to remember. And he even has to go in and explain it. 2K. Not Y2K. My 2K. All right? 
because it's about your 2K in your pocket. Oh, okay. Yeah, pocket. It's in your pocket. But that was a scam. Pierce, so yeah. So it, so this is uh, associ- associated with a scam. Well, there may be some messaging going on then. Uh, excuse me. Uh, 50% of the Dvorak uh, Curry Consulting Group appears to be uh, eating something. I have uh, a, 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 I have a, a cough that I kind of been fighting off a cold. Yeah. Okay. And I either suck on something like this, or I'm coughing into the mic. What, you you can choose. I'm gonna suck on this. What? Yeah. Anyway, our president uh, is out there. He's uh, he's doing all the uh, he's he's campaigning again. Did you notice that? He's like it's like the, the he can't. He, that's all he can do. In fact, he he even said that's all he can do. This is a wonderful time of year. Uh, it's been a few weeks since a long election finally came to an end, uh, and obviously I, I couldn't be more honored uh, to be back in the White House. Uh, but I'm already missing the time that I spent uh, on the campaign, visiting towns like this, and talking to folks like you. I love you back. See, that's that's all he wants. That's all he wants all day long is for people to be yelling, "We love you, Barack." I think there's a plant in the audience in these where, where this happens. I'm Duh. totally convinced of it. Of course, the, well, the I, whole I told thing you is my story about the Led Zeppelin concert. No, I don't remember that. Well, I went when Led Zeppelin first came in the United States. They played a bunch of venues in the in uh, Bay Area. Wait, you mean they're not from uh, Kentucky? <laughs> they're English. So. Uh, they come over here, and so I went to see one of was the concerts. Was this at the Fillmore? The Fillmore East? <laughs> West? Whatever Fillmore? Actually, I believe the first Led Zeppelin concert was not at the Fillmore. I don't mm. remember what the venue was right. for various medicinal reasons, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it wasn't the Fillmore. Wait a minute. I, I thought you didn't do weed. No, I was I was on cough medication, uh-huh. so, so okay. I had a cold. Oh, this is a quill. Anyway, so uh, I go there. And there was, I forgot what song it was, but there's one song where there's a, where there's kind of a pregnant pause. Uh, and then somebody in the far left back corner, I know exactly where it came from, screamed. I love you, Robert Plant. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was, and then they, then the band kicked it up and it was like, and it was beautiful. It was like, it was like scripted. And so it I, it probably and was. I, yeah. Well. I went back to work. I was working at the time at the Kaiser Aluminum Can Factory as an inspector. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, hold on, just just let me rake the middle. Let me feel that for a moment. The Kaiser Aluminum Can Factory. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Hey, this can so is can. I, I have I have plenty of anecdotes about. Yeah, that. yeah. No, I know. Sure. Move so on at the, with lunch, the Led Zeppelin. Thing, yeah. A guy says, "Yeah, I went to see the Led. I went to see Led Zeppelin the day before." I said, "I saw him on Saturday. You saw him when?" He said, "I saw him on Sunday." I and then I asked him. I said, "Right at the, I knew the song was." I said, "Right at this point, did you hear somebody in the far left back corner scream at the top yeah. of their lungs, kind of a blood curdling scream?" <laughs> yeah. And he says, yeah, yeah, I did. And I, ah, nah, it, bull crap. It's like Bruce Springsteen. Uh, every, every single time he still does it during Rosalita, he pulls a girl up from the stage, um, you know, and has her dance kind of like he did in the video. Remember the dance? Was it, uh, dancing in the dark? I think when yeah. it was Courtney Cox at the time. Yeah. This is, uh, this is, this <laughs> what is a coincidence. Yeah, really? No, this is, this is how shows work. But uh, what do you say, well, Freebird? What are we talking about? Let me give another anecdote. Oh, really? We should so, get on with the show. With the kind of donations we got, we can tell. <laughs> yeah, we we can day. talk all we want. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I had uh, went, I went to a, a lecture. One of the best lectures I've ever heard was it was supposed to be an hour lecture with Phil Spector at Wheeler oh. Auditorium in Berkeley. And he showed up? 
Well, this is years ago. Oh, this and is before he, he went crazy. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he spoke for three hours. Mm. And it was riveting, to be honest about it. But he gave this story about one of these rigged deals. Apparently, Little Richard, when he was younger, mm-hmm. used to do a, a bit like this. He was always running around on the station. And at one point in his act, he'd climb up the curtains <laughs> to, like, the yeah. top of this proscenium arch way nice. up there. Yeah. And then he'd fall. <laughs> and he'd fall with a loud thud, and the, the, the show would stop. Oh, and it was like a, it was a gag. I'm gag. And then they they had the doctors came out, a, a stretcher came out, they put him on the stretcher, and they started carrying him up the aisle, but he still had his microphone, and right as he was about to leave, he let out a screech and came running back on stage, sliding on his knees and into the next song. Wow. <laughs> I think George Michael tried that as well, and that was very successful for him. Yeah, anyway. So, okay, so, so can I, this is some, something very weird happened today. Um, so, first of all, you sent me an email saying you were going to be uh, late, uh, but then you weren't late. And then you sent me like th- three, four different things for the show notes. And, and besides the obvious uh, PR thing, which I can't wait for you to talk about because that looks really delicious, baby. Um, did you actually send me a, nine, a, a 9-11 story? The, I mean, I had it lined up. I'm like, oh, my God, John sent me a 9-11 story. No, I think somebody else sent that. No, it came from you. You sent it to me. Oh yeah, maybe. So did I just you, thought it should be in the show notes because we're gonna because I think one of our donors mentions it or somebody does. I okay, well then I'll wait. I'll wait with it because it is from Pilots for Nine Eleven Truth, which I am a member of, and I, so I, I'm, I am, of course. So I, yeah, so, well, stay for the second half of the show. It's not a second half. It's, it's pretty much first it's, half. Uh, you know, this is water under the bridge at this point. Yeah, okay, but it's the not- Reichstag has been burned to the ground and Hitler's in power. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Let's just get back to work and forget about it. Uh, oh boy! Hey, citizen, just get back to work, slave. Exactly. Yeah. How does my mic sound? Because do you remember what happened uh, on Thursday, right after the show? Yeah, your mic fell apart. It wasn't my mic. It was finally the TLA the TLA fifty fifty two. The two oh, preamp. No. It blew up. It blew up. Oh no! The TLT fifty fifty two. Is the TLA fifty fifty two? Oh no. Well, that's it. I mean, that, that's I can't replace that. It's too expensive. You don't sound as bo- as boomy. Yeah. Well, you're th- gonna have to buy that Gates compressor. Uh, what I have is um, I just had from the road show. I had a little portable tube amp, so I hooked that up. Sucks. Really sucks. You know, people are sending me oscilloscopes and ham gear. And what we need is like a decent decent gear for the show. I swear to God, one of our somebody producers... sent you an oscilloscope. Oh no, you, the, one of our producers. Um, in fact, I got the uh, here it is. Uh, what's this? Uh, really nice guy, Robert, the N four IXT. He basically sent me his his grandfather's Radio Shack. So, <laughs> so I've got like police scanners. Uh, you know, the oscillo- but it's an oscill- oscilloscope from nineteen fifty. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, and it works. You turn it on and, the, and all the lights in the house are dim. <laughs> dim. <laughs> and he sent me like magazines. And the, the, our postal carrier, Jeannie, you know, the one who's hot for Ms. Mickey. Uh, she's like, what are you doing? You're killing me. I have to carry all this stuff to your door every single time. What's in there? Uh, just an oscilloscope, baby. Don't worry about it. Nothing, nothing to see here. So, uh, hmm. yeah. So what we need is a new TLA fifty fifty two, really. But I, but I think this this will have to do. This will have to do. Um, 
Well, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water, feet in the air. And in the morning to all the dames and knights out there who are supporting the show and keeping us going uh, week after week. Uh, in the morning to everyone. And in the morning to all of the human resources. I see them all lined up, charged up, ready to go there in the chat room at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. And, uh, well, one of our knights got arrested. Um, we, we, oh, yeah. We knew all about this night, and we were sworn to secrecy. As uh, Knight Knight, uh, S.A.M., E-S-S-A-M, A-M, A-M, Adam Atiyah, uh, who became the Knight uh, in Jersey City, who is a very talented artist, by the way, a photographer, and uh, I think think he does some digital manipulation in this photography as well. I mean, it is, the guy is, and he works, you know, he's successful. And he was the guy who put all those drone signs up in New York City. Yeah, great, great, great gag. A very Banksy level gag. The high level, high level art. Um, and I guess where he kind of went wrong is he, um, he also put them in the, the, the latest. So first he did the, the street signs and that was very no agenda like. But then he went into the, uh, the, the bus stops and put the <laughs> New York City police, you know, our, <laughs> we're watching you and we've got our drone eye on you. And that, of course, pissed off the cops. So they uh, they busted into his house, and uh, they have charged him with 56, 56 counts of criminal possession of a forged instrument, which I guess means the key to open up the, the bus displays, grand larceny possession of stolen property. I'm not sure what that what is. What stolen property? I don't is know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't know what that is. And and they found an unloaded twenty two under his bed. Ugh. That's not so good in New York. So that's a weapons charge. He's out on bail, though. I haven't spoken to him. Um, but, uh, of course, we uh, we send him uh, much love and karma. We've been watching this unfold for months now. And we've known. We knew all along that he that he was doing it. Of course, we couldn't say anything. We couldn't say who he was, etc. I think he did you know, a couple of interviews, and that's probably where uh, that's probably where it went wrong. Well, you know, uh, that's the problem that this is almost like the hackers have this problem. They'll do something and then they can't just, you know, I mean, the guy Banksy, the, the street artist that was in, you know, who's done more than a few malicious mischief uh, gags in, yeah. in London and elsewhere. Uh, even though some people don't know him, they do know him. He really maintains a low profile uh, to the point where he doesn't, you know, he gets out of his system in other ways without having to go out and do interviews. I mean, that was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I thought that they would bust him for, because uh, when he took, when he opened those bus uh, uh, displays and yeah. put his poster in there over the, over the, who was paying to be there, I think it was a complaint that came from the, uh, you know, ad van or whoever I, runs I those. actually think they were empty. I think that the, the ones he put them in, that he was not put, uh, pasting over something. That's what I remember, but I'm not sure. Oh, but, okay. Well, well he'll, that would, yeah. he'll, he'll get in touch with me. But anyway, uh, we, well, the whole thing is, you know, they've got to throw this case out because this is just a, this is a, this is a actually a great piece of performance art. There's nothing illegal about that. <laughs> yeah, and how about the 22 under the bed? It's empty. <laughs> yeah, Just, it's New York City, man. You're not allowed to have any kind of weapon without a license. It's not. This well, is, that uh, was a mistake. Yeah, that was a mistake. And Although I, it could have been planted, what would you do with the 22 anyway? <sighs> ploop, ploop, ploop. Yeah, I know. 
It, and by the way, the cops are now admitting they plant drugs all the time on people. So, yeah, who knows? But it, yeah, you know, I don't trust anybody. And by the, and, and by the way, this knight of ours, he's a, he's a good looking guy, too. He's successful, good looking. Uh, I'll post his, uh, his, his. Well, then he'll his do website. well in court when he. I think so. I think so, too. I really. Because he has a decent lawyer. Still going to cost him 40 grand. Oh, man. I sure hope not. Uh, we have a, a PR associate today that I'd like to say in the morning, too. And uh, her name is Beck Fry, B-E-K-K. Uh, and uh, this is a very good policy that people tell us, whether you're male or female, in particular because when she did her little uh, PR associate stunt, um, she was called out as a guy. And she did this on uh, Techzilla. Are you familiar with this program, Techzilla? Yeah, we all know Techzilla. Yeah, it sucks balls. This is a horrible show. I had to sit through this entire thing just to, to get to, It really, what's his name? Robert, what's his name? Norton? Norton. What's his name? The guy who, he's on Twitter all the time, too. Yeah. What's his name? Norton. Norton. Is that his first name or last name? Uh, we just call him Norton. Norton. And then uh, the other guy, the 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 TV home theater I don't know who, I, don't, I don't I haven't seen the show since uh, Victoria uh, Bra- Veronica okay. Victoria the, Vic- Veronica Belmont left <laughs> Victoria Belmont <laughs> Well this show sucks balls but I guess a lot of people watch it Oh and, no they love the show is beloved Oh okay well to me it was like oh and the way he starts the show off is like oh get a grip man anyway it uh, doesn't matter if a lot of people watch it. That's good because here is uh, Beck uh, Beck Fry's PR associate uh, move. Essentially, that's a, an open source podcast. It's been around for a bunch of years. Really good stuff. And Beck also had some tips on using Moreau in Linux. He wrote Moreau creates a folder for each of your podcast subscriptions inside the download folder you choose. Linux hates folder names with spaces, <laughs> so when you add a podcast in Moreau on either OS, unless it has a one word title like Techzilla, right click on its name in the sidebar and rename it. No agenda show. No dash agenda. Dash show instead of no agenda show, for example, and make sure you name the podcast the exact same three times. <laughs> well, so, how would you dislike this show? I, I love the show. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I, well, the show is. I don't a, like many. Uh, I don't it, like much. I think we have a good show, and that's about it. Yeah, Everything well, else blows. Shows you, you, you don't like any of them. But no, I do. That show, I, I do. That I, show is the. Is the is the exact is the follow up show? It started with uh, Leo's show on Tech TV, and then it evolved from one show to another to another, and by and including we had it on the uh, the little when I was doing Cranky Geeks, we had a version of it, and it, it evolved and evolved and evolved and ended up as Techzilla on that yeah, network, right, and right, right. Uh, with Veronica and Norton. Norton. And uh, well, let me just say, I really like this week in tech. When you're on it, or when I'm on it, that's when it's a, then. Then it's a really yeah, well, good show. Yeah, see, this it's is really you. If I was on Techzilla, you'd probably like it. Yeah, I probably would because then it would be actually <laughs> non-boring. You're a non-boring kind of guy. Why else do you think I hang out with you twice a week? Uh, uh, anyway, so man crush. <laughs> yeah, that would be. It. It's a daddy thing. I have daddy issues. I got a. I got a, a male uh, admirer. <laughs> Yeah, I got, I, got, I got several. You probably have shitloads. <laughs> I got the secretaries. Did you get any secretary emails? You got beer emails, right? I got secretary emails. I got all the beer emails. Okay. Hey, I make beer. All right. I'll send you a bottle. <laughs> so we got three. We got um, three, no, two good-looking guys and one good-looking girl. And the first uh, good-looking guy who posed, <laughs> I got it before these emails, 
Casey Hardesty. He posed in his um, uh, Mason outfit. He's a 32nd-degree 30, Scottish Rite Freemason, and not wow. just in the morning, he says. So he sent me that. And then he also sent a picture naked with a towel over his ding-dong, which is good because, you know, I asked him to. Why would anybody to. send you that picture? Because I, I said good-looking guys are, are, are welcome, too. Huh. Yeah. Then uh, Jason. Well, thank God they didn't send me anything. <laughs> then we got Jason, who's uh, who's bald. Uh, he has a killer resume, by the way. He was a winner on Jeopardy. He won thirty six thousand dollars on Jeopardy. Oh, that's funny. So I think that I've, I've known two people that were on Jeopardy. So I think he might be a, a good guy for. Remember, this is a non. This is like an internship. This is a non paying job. We got no money. But then the best one is Ashley Hurst. And uh, Ashley, very cute. She sent a, a picture of herself, one of those, you know, in the car, self-made. And uh, but she sent her resume, and she had an eye-catching resume. And uh, I, I'd like to just highlight a few things. Um, so currently, she her career history, October through 2011 to present, um, she is on Etsy, <laughs> Antiques Ash, I guess, whatever that is. Uh, she enjoys taking photos with her lovely Canon 5D Mark II, keeping records okay, of yeah, keeping records go. of finances, shipping, and making her own schedule. This is very good. This is this is just like us, shipping antiques and vintage items worldwide with over 120 sales. You see how she could she could do rings, right? She could keep our schedules, make sure we get to our appointments on time. Um, then in uh, February 2010 to October 2011, she took a year off. She bought land on San Juan Island. She hiked and started building a cabin. Um, she did waterways <laughs> catering in wow. uh, in Seattle. And she was galley chef, where she her responsibilities were bringing guests to Bill Gates's dock, making said guests a ton of food they didn't eat, and catering high end events. And at Schultz's Sausage, she stuffed meat. Heated buns and reheated frozen soup. I mean, can you can you feel that this woman is going to be perfect for us? Well, I want to apologize then to Tanya Foster, Dame Foster, who's a, well, our actress in residence, who offered to do this probably in 2010. Yeah, and then I never followed up with her. Yeah, well, she never sent a naked picture. Oh, this was oh. This, is, this is not about a sec. This is about getting naked pictures. It's not about. Oh, I get it. A I get what you're after. <laughs> Please, <laughs> I didn't get that part. Is there anyone we need to thank today before we move on, Joe? Because I got we do Joe. have a couple. Of producers. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. I just, hey, called, Joe. I just called you Joe. Just call me Norton. <laughs> Joe C. Dvorak. I'm just calling you Joe from now on. I don't know what that's Can all I about. Can I call you Joe? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, because you're going to call me O. Dvorak. <laughs> Sven Middlecoop. Hey, Sven Middlecoop. And he's in uh, Delft Delftgau. Delftgau. Delftgau uh, in uh, Holland. And he's sent in 41419 for some reason. Okay. He's the executive producer for this show. Thanks, as always, for your important input to my thoughts and discussions and doing the work so I don't have to. There's a special combo donation for both No Agenda and the DSC, which we are still enjoying, especially Drunk Adam. <laughs> Dead Artist, episode 864. <laughs> so everyone out there, go and listen to Adam drunk. By the way, one drink and he's drunk. What a lightweight. Which made us sing out loud with joy again today. Uh, please fire an in-the-morning little girl, little girl yay shot to celebrate the show and an anonymous karma shot to everyone who needs it but doesn't 
doesn't know it yet. Oh. Cheers, Sven. All righty. Uh, we can do that for you. In the morning. Yay! You've got karma. And along with the Sven, we have Mike Keeler in Las Vegas, Lost Wages, Nevada. Hold on a second. Uh, what do you think? Four four one four one nine. That's got to mean something. I don't. I don't want just want to gloss over it because we always look so 401, stupid. Four one four one nine. Four one four one nine. Come in. Come in. Four one four one nine. Come in. Come in. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. It sounds like a code of some sort. Yep. Mike Keeler in Lost Wages, three four five six seven, mm-hmm. uh, which makes him a, an executive producer. Right on. He could use a little karma for his business. You've got karma. Nice. And that's that. Oh, <laughs> nice. Not so really. That's it. Yeah, that's all we got. <sighs> well, uh, we do. Which pr- lends we- me to give more an- more more ribald tales. Well, let's start with something I, well, I dug. Well, hold, I on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. First, we have to tell people where they can support the show. Oh, since yeah, they-, they should go to the noagendashow.com and click on the donation button or go to Dvorak.org slash NA or channel Dvorak.com slash NA and click on one of these little programs we have. We have all kinds of things you can do. And we have coming up 12, 12, 12 in 10 days. Oh, my goodness. 12, that 12, is, 12. Is that only 10 days away? Oh, my God. 12, 12, 12, one of the great, this is the only time in your entire lifetime that you'll have a 12, 12, 12. Okay, so it's going to happen again. Here's what we're going to do. We're, and it's we're, Wednesday. We're going to anchor this. We're going to anchor this. So whenever you hear the number 12, you're going to think 12, 12, 12. Dvorak.org slash N-A. You want to try it one more time, John? 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12. Dvorak.org <laughs> slash N-A. What? He didn't, 12. He didn't, do, he didn't do it right. Do it again. 121212 slash na Of course we have another program for those of you who are broke go out and propagate our formula Our formula is this We go out we hit people in the mouth Slave. Shut so, up. Uh, shut up. Just shut up. Slave. So I think I think there was one of those situations hmm. uh, that happened in the media that just I always laugh about when they happen, where two people were given an exclusive right to the same exact story from a PR agency. Uh-huh. Unfortunately for one of them, Dr. Oz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so my wife calls me up and she says, "Hey, hey, husband, hey, husband, hey, Doctor Oz is a douchebag. <laughs> he wrote this op-ed in Time Magazine yeah. saying that that crappy beef that you get in a feedlot's as good as any grass-fed any time." And he went on and on. It's I read the piece. You can read it in Time Magazine. And I would advise everybody out there to look up. It's titled. So I, it's, know, t- I, it's titled Doctor Oz Give Frozen Foods a Chance. No, give frozen peas. A it, no, it actually says give. That's funny because the ti- the ti- on the title bar, the title of the of the page it says give frozen foods, and in the title of the story it does indeed say give in brackets in parentheses frozen peas a chance and carrots too. Yeah, all we are saying. So 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 I 
here's the irony of this, and the reason I stumble across the uh, cross uh, references. This is, and this is the irony, ironic part, as far as I'm concerned. I, for people out there who run into firewalls, like Time Magazine won't let me read the whole article. Right. So Pay, I paywall. Uh, paywall is what that's called. Paywall. Yeah, paywalls. It's paywall. So I type in. You can do this yourself. Give frozen peas. P e a s. Which is it's a pun. Give frozen peas a chance. Just type that in, and you get. First of all, you get the exact same title of a 2010 article written by a woman in Canada for McLean's Magazine, which has much of the same idea in the article. But more importantly, you get this thing on Newsvine by this bald doctor named Nagual. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Nag- Nagual. Nagual, yes. And he's a bald guy. And, and here's the article, and it came out at the exact same time. Give frozen peas a chance and carrots, too. It's the Sa- same article. Same, same pictures, even. They got the picture of the carrots and the peas. It Same two photos. Yeah. So what is? Oh, the- wait a minute. Now, did Doctor Nagual write this, or did Doctor Oz write this? And why is Time Magazine running a obviously a puff piece from some PR agency? They and somebody's going to have their their tit in a ringer on this one because you can't do this. Well, this wasn't written by either one of them. And you're telling me that both Doctor Nagual <laughs> and Doctor Oz have this line. I live in a vegetarian. I live in a vegetarian household, so I simply don't have the opportunity to eat a lot of meat at family meals. <laughs> but I'm not opposed to meats that are served in an appropriate portion size and are well prepared. Your first step is deciding what kind of meat you want and how you want to cook it. So that. Is in both these articles exactly word for word. When, when did you turn into the gay doctor? I kind of like that. That's kind of cool. Do that again. I, I like. How do you like your meat? And he goes on. This is the, this from the same article written. This I'm reading it from the Doctor Nagual version. There's no question. And by the way, if you look at Doctor Nagual's history of articles in uh, Newsvine, in, uh, this Newsvine, Newsvine, yeah. It's quite fascinating because he writes about everything. How to and save now the city. I, and now I hard. believe that most of his stuff has been handed to him. I don't think the guy is even real. It's probably just a name they put up there on Newsvine with some, you know, some stock album art from iStockphoto.com. That's a possibility. Bald guy doctor it's looking. It's not beyond. Douche. Now, since we have, we're working on those thin margins today, let me give another personal anecdote. So, because uh, uh, just to give people an f- understanding of the way the media works, so when they when they're like my wife calling, being all upset about this, not realizing, and she actually kind of sensed this was done by so she he, that Doctor Oz has sold out to Monsanto. That's what she says. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So Pat McGovern, the big the big CEO of uh, digital, you know, owns computer world and info world and PC mag, PC world and all these things. Yeah. Which are, which and are all he, basically promotional one time he told, rags. One time he told, one time he told me the story because we had a fake uh, columnist in, uh, info world when I was editor there, there's, a, and because this was McGovern's, uh, concept, McGovern would have a fake columnist, with a with a bio and everything, and he'd be writing. He'd write these nasty editorials, and a case, and it would go like this. He'd write some nasty. It, it, McGovern, I think, was either writing these or one of his buddies was write this nasty editorial about some company, IBM, let's say. And so they'd be the IBM sucks and they stink and they do this and they're crap and they do their stuff and they're dripping you and they're all the rest of it. 
And so, but there were also advertisers. So they, IBM would come back to him and say, this is terrible what this guy said about us. We worked to stop our advertising. We're going to pull our ads. If this, you know, this guy, you know, you let him get away with it. So they said, we fired him. So yes, exactly what McGovern did. He says, we're fi- okay. We're, I'm with you. This was unfair. We're firing him. That's great. So they fired the fake guy and put another fake guy in. Who, who did the same thing only against Oracle. <laughs> And it, it endeared him to the advertisers. But see, this is exactly what people, what publishers do. This is why people want to own the New York Times, which is owned by a Mexican, I might point out. This is why people want to own, you know, big periodicals, why they want to own television, mainly for their own, for the, first of all, for their own jollies, just to get off on it. But I'm sure that McGovern, whatever his name is, McCracken McGovern, I'm sure he had some alternate ulterior motive i'm sure he had his hand in something this is how elites operate everywhere case in point who knew when we were talking about uh not about susan e rice who knew who knew Meanwhile, Susan Rice is receiving criticism of a different kind after it was revealed she holds up to $600,000 worth of stock in the firm behind the controversial Keystone XL oil pipeline. TransCanada is seeking federal permission to transport Canadian tar sands oil to the U.S. Gulf Coast. If confirmed as Secretary of State, Rice could play a key role in determining the fate of the pipeline. So to me, the story is Susan Rice has $600,000 to invest? Dude... It turns out she has $20 million. $20 million? Did you know that she was a millionaire, a multimillionaire? This little no. twerp? This is the story no. that no, everyone's overlooking. They just like, oh, Susan E. Rice has $600,000 invested in the, in the, in the company that's going to do. Are you kidding me? So I, I, I was blown away. So I'm like, let me take a look at this. Let me take a look at her disclosure form. Oh, my God. This woman is loaded. And you know what she's investing in? Gold stocks. Tons of it. That's her number that's her number one asset purchase in 2011. Gold stocks, gold mining stocks. She is in every including Monsanto. She's in everything. How could this woman she's everything first of all, the fact that she has twenty five million dollar net worth blows me away from her days at McKinsey, apparently. Oh come on. I mean, how many people at McKinsey have made $20 million. This is the story. Who gives a crap if she's Secretary of State? How does she get loaded, and how can I do that? As a little twerp. Well, you got to be plugged in from... She was at McKinsey. Apparently, she was at McKinsey for two years. And she made $20 million, and then after that, she was just in in, in government service? She worked for the Clinton campaign. To find, I mean, she was apparent. The only thing you see is that from mid 1990, she received, she got her degree in Oxford, and then she worked. It's hard to say she was even there that long. She was a management consultant, which is not where you make your millions. This is like we are. I mean, look at us. Yeah, we're management. <laughs> we're management consultants. We how's that? How's that working out? Where's my twenty? She mil? served in the Clinton administration from <sighs> National Security Council from '93 to '97. She was in the government the rest of the time. And if you see her portfolio, by the way, it's a stellar portfolio, John. Absolutely stellar. Although she bought Apple. Let's see, when did she buy Apple? She, oh, she, did, oh, she didn't buy a lot. But the, the most, cause it's great to look at these disclosure forms. And you know how I love reading forms. I really, I really do. I, I, I get off. I get hard just looking at this stuff. But I was blown away. She's got all kinds of oil and pipeline stocks. How can this woman who is, I mean, she, she helped, Eliminate 
Gaddafi in Libya. She she shouldn't be able to invest with all this foreign knowledge. She has pharmaceutical stocks. Like she doesn't know what's going on with the big pharma. This should not be possible. This really should not be possible. And it was based on this that I'm like, you know, let me look up Hillary Clinton. Now, Hillary, of course, she's smart because everything that she has is in uh, is in a blind trust. Uh, but, you know, all her books are in there. But she also has to disclose everything that her spouse has done. And so, uh, you know, Billy Boy has, um, uh, you know, he has all these. It's, it's all hidden away. You can't see anything. But what he has disclosed, which is very interesting. By the way, I think Billy Boy will be the first billionaire. Oh, yeah. That's, that was a president of the United States. Never worked a day in his life. How's that work? Well, let me tell you what I found out about him. Uh, and this is all actually very convenient timing that we're talking about this because we have the big Internet Freedom Conference coming up. Right? The big ITU thing, which I also read and uh, I want to talk to you about. But So Billy Boy has disclosed all of his speaking engagements and the fees he received for them in 2011. No, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'll read through this. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers in San Francisco. I'm like, wow. And then I looked at how much money I can, the people who, um, the nonprofit, I might add, who hand out Internet domain names. This is basically what they do. It's not the INAA. It's not the, the Names Association, You know the, the address space. This, this is the manage, the group that manages it all. This is the bunch of elitist douchebags who are just making money and, and smoking tube with everybody. They paid Bill Clinton $255,000 for a speech. Let me just give you the first minute of this speech just so you understand what kind of life this guy has. There's a lot also on human rights. Oh, sorry. Thank you very much, Rod, Peter, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for the warm welcome. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. Thanks for the starfish and spider, by the way. It's, 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 thanks for the starfish? Right. That was an uncompensated flack I just did. <laughs> and thank you for giving me a reason to come to Northern California. Thanks for giving me a reason. Yeah, $255,000 worth of reason. <laughs> and in New York, it's still winter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Bill Clinton's talking. I can see him. Anything he says is funny. I brought my daughter and my son-in-law. They went to Stanford. And he brought his kids along on the jet. They're saying friends. They've heard this speech before. And they've heard this speech because he does the same lame-ass speech everywhere for a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> So uh, I'm looking around, I'm like, this is an outrage. Why does no one, this is a nonprofit that makes its money from my domain name purchase. That's part of how they make their money. Not much, but that's part of it. And I'm like, where's the outrage? And then there's a a note here from ICANN. Um, A few blogs and a swarm of tweets have announced that former President Bill Clinton will speak at ICANN Silicon Valley, San Francisco public meeting in March. Some are asking why ICANN hasn't announced this yet. Well, it's true that we have invited and he has accepted. We're still working on a contract and without a formal announcement, without it's it, without it being formal, an announcement cannot be made. Um, and then we've seen some wildly inflated figures of what President Clinton will be paid to speak. 
His speaking fees are a matter of public record, and you can rest assured that the half million and million dollar figures some have reported are way out of line. The fees, by the way, will be covered by a targeted sponsorship donated specifically for this purpose. In other words, ICANN's budget is not financing this speaking engagement. Well, let me tell you something. <coughs> Bullshit. There was no sponsor. I looked everywhere. There was nothing on stage. There was no sponsorship. And it was $255 million, ICANN. A thousand. A thousand. It was million. Billion. Billion dollars, Joe. $255,000. It's, oh. it's disgusting. It's just disgusting that this is going on. With it, with, and listen to the speech. Just, just canned crap the guy just pulls out of his arse. You might as well just get a tape recording of one of his other speeches and play that with a, with a dummy up there. <laughs> it, would, it might be cheaper. It so, would be cheaper. So anyway, so that was, and, and I'll get into the, the ITU stuff uh, later on. But I, I was just like fascinated about Susan Rice, just to get back to that, and the kind of money that she has and how on the inside all these people are. This, I mean, this has got to stop. I can't believe that no one is saying $600,000. Where did she get that money to invest? And by the way, it's, it's not exactly 600. It, it's on the $600,000 and up to a million. Um, box on her uh, disclosure form. So it could be a million dollars. The press is just, they don't even care. Doesn't anyone look at Wikipedia and go, <laughs> no, the press doesn't care. I care. I really do care. How did she make that money? That's what I want to know. I mean, we know, we know what, what, what Hillary Clinton did. To I don't make think everybody who works for McKinsey and company for a couple of years walks away at $20 million. I don't think anyone who walks at McKinsey for a couple of years walks away with that kind of money. Unless, it, I mean, something something happened somewhere. Okay, I don't know, but I I would like to know. And I think it, it just blew me away. All of a sudden, I have a whole new perspective on Susan E. Rice, the E for E Cash. It's just wow. So, um, well, I have a Rice clip. I have a Rice clip too, but. Do you want me to? I have kind of a throwaway, like a, a race, a race thing. Do you no, have, my, mine's about the Palestinian thing, and so we'll talk about that separately. Okay, so right. You well, can play hers, yours. So this is, um, let me see. This is MSNBC, and this is Karen Finney. Uh, I think she was an operative in the Democratic Party at one point, and they have this roundtable program, uh, which is a bunch of old wives bitching at each other. And I, she, I mean, let me just roll it out, and then you can hear how racism is being incited on television. A lot also on human rights has been one of her key issues, and she's done a lot at the UN with regard to women, uh, the LGBT community, uh, disabled people. And she's talking about Susan Rice. I mean, she sounds like a saint. LGBT people, disabled uh, children with cleft palates. I mean, everything. Yeah. There was, oh, there was a puppy. She 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 helps puppies that are on the ground. I, I worked with her in the Clinton administration. She was, you know, very tenacious, very uh, intelligent woman, very strong-willed. And I guess you know, one of the things as a woman that I don't like is that you know some of the criticism of her. If she, if this was a man, it would these would all be positive attributes. Exactly. But as a woman, it's like. <laughs> I, this really has to stop. As a woman, I think this has to stop. If if anyone, if a man went on television and said, "As a man, 
There would be hell to pay. This has to stop, okay? If you want equality, you've got to stop this. But she took it so much further. Well, you know, she's a little feisty, and she, you know... Well, we're the when John- she's, I think the word is torpy. McCain said she's not very bright. This is someone that went to Oxford right. and has a PhD, who has an incredible career serving as a public servant. And to say that is... Wait, public servant with $20 million. That's, this is my point. This is why I get so all worked up about it. It's like, a public servant all her life. And she's and somehow she, she while she was p- fixing broken puppies and messed up children and LGBT and women, so she found twenty million dollars as a public servant. And to say that is Wait, and remember how well it worked out when they called Sonia Sotomayor not very bright, right, angry right. Latina, and all those sort of things. And, uh, the, pre- uh, the, the press did that. I will say, but here it comes. How, how did the Hispanic go, folk well, go? And <laughs> I think at some point they need to pay attention to the fact that what's the list? It's Van Jones, Susan Rice, uh, Eric Holder, yes. Lisa. Jackson. Gee, they all happen to have dark skin. They do that have really that income. No, no, they all happen to be douchebags. That, it, to me, it blows me away that in 2012, someone can go on television and say, These, here's the list of people who have been criticized. They're all black. Therefore, it's KKK. It blows my mind. And, and no one questioned this. No. The, bet, the, the, the smartest people, go. smartest people I know, are repeating this meme. They're repeating this. I mean, it, 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 uh. Anyway, uh, so uh, they won't talk about the issues. They just talk about the superficial. Oh well, they're dark skinned therefore they must be. They're being criticized because of that. Yeah, not because they're assholes. Well, I said douchebags, but you may take it one step further. Absolutely. So I was just like, wow, man. Wow, 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 wow. Big, big surprise there. Miss Rich. Rich Susan E. Richie Rice. That's what she's all about. All right, what's your rice club? Let's get into Palestine because I got, well, I got something to she, play the into Palestine, that. Okay, the Palestine. I found out. I figured out. Well, maybe you figured it I out. I think too, I figured why, it out, too. But why yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah, I know why. They, they weren't recognized as a country, but they were just given a new status. Upgrade, upgrade. They're upgraded. Upgraded. Upgraded to and, and of even course, more Susan space. Rice comes out to condemn the whole thing. And I didn't, I, I, I've never heard, now that I think about it, I don't remember hearing her speak at the United Nations much, let alone give a harangue. And she basically screams when she talks. She's a lousy public speaker. Separate Jewish and Arab states. After the world body granted Palestine non-member status, UN Ambassador Susan Rice, uh, U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., <laughs> Susan Rice strongly condemned the decision. Progress towards a just and lasting two-state solution cannot be made by pressing a green voting button here in this hall, nor does passing any resolution create a state where none indeed exists or change the reality on the ground. For this reason, today's vote should not be misconstrued by any as constituting eligibility for UN membership. It does not. This resolution does not establish that Palestine is a state. The United States believes the current resolution should not and cannot be read as establishing terms of reference. Did she go to the Adolf Hitler School of Public Speaking? That's what I'm thinking. She sounds like <laughs> William, William G. Harding or something. The, the turn of the century. The status has been upgraded. This does not mean you're a state at all. Shut up, slave. <laughs> exactly it. 
Man, she did. What kind of speaking, <laughs> what classes did she take in public speaking? Hey, do the dishes! Can you imagine? She's, she's married to an ABC news producer, I might point out. She's married to who? Uh, Cameron, ABC news producer. No, oh, an ABC news Oh, yeah, producer. of course, of course, of course. I have a clip that uh, I think explains. ABC, that's your connection again. Of course. Can I give you the clip that I think uh, tells you what the real problem is with this upgrade? Okay, because I have a clip that does the same thing. Getting state status is what empowers the Palestinians, what defines our territory as occupied, what defines our relationship regionally and with the rest of the world, and what gives us access to international organizations and agencies. The Israelis fear that the Palestinians will use their new status to take Israel to the International Criminal Court yeah. on charges of war crimes in Gaza and elsewhere which is why they and the U.S. fought against it. The reality is... Did I piss you off because I had the, the clip that explains it? Well, I have a shorter clip that explains it. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's play that one. Let me see. Which one is it? Uh, Let's see. Let me get uh, a look. Look. Oh, I have another... Oh, what? Well, where is it? Where is it? Another what? Oh, key to Palestinian move. Is that the clip? Yeah, that would be it. Uh, this is a minor uh, change of status. By the way, mine was also 28 seconds, okay? For, um, no! for Palestine within the United Nations, uh, there have been a number of different states that have had this status and have, have eventually moved to full recognition as member states uh, in the past. Uh, right now, it does not change anything really on the ground for the Palestinians, but affords them some opportunities to address grievances in other international institutions uh, like the International Court, uh, Criminal Court, and, uh, and so on. Which, of course, is bullcrap, because America doesn't recognize the International Criminal Court, you know, otherwise no, they'd, they'd no, all be in well, jail. Well, there's a couple of things. Just don't recognize it. Just say hey, don't, it's not real. We don't, but but the liberal base of the Democrat Party uh, wants to. Okay, okay, okay. And so you got this thing, oh, no. And also the liberal base <laughs> of the Democrat <laughs> oh, no. Party tends to be, uh, you know, they tend to be Jew haters. Oh, really? I forgot about that. Yeah, we got to remember that. Well, they're the ones that, so, that, that pulled that whole thing out of the, the Democratic Convention document and then shoved it in when Israel got pissed off, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're Jew haters. Okay, let me just get this straight. Let me write it down a second. Democratic Party Jew haters. Okay, got it. Yeah, even yeah. though there's a lot of, obviously, there's a lot of self-loathing Jews in there, too. But okay, so they're Jew haters. And so they're, they're all, and they're all pro, I'm telling you this from can the basis of the bumper hold, stickers. Hold on a second. Can you imagine this, if this, if this were like a real show on a real network, it would be like, uh, hi, uh, um, there's a phone call for, jo for Joe C. Dvorak. Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yes, I want to remind people out there that we we talk in these terms. We can we can discuss this sort of thing openly because we have no sponsors. Anyway, so let let's just go with the premise that I'm trying to develop here. And and I and I base this by the way on the bumper stickers that you see on cars in Berkeley, mostly on Priuses. <laughs> and it says, you know, Israel out of Palestine. I mean, it says first it says Obama Biden. 2012, then it says Israel out of Palestine. And is it, is it, is you know, it, free Palestine. <laughs> and a fish sticker, like one of those fish god things or not? Yeah, well, sometimes, but it's got legs. <laughs> Whatever. It's got these, you know, you actually, you can, I, I take photos. I can put photos to prove my point. So, so they got this situation, they're developing, and now, and so they're going to encourage the Palestinians, I guarantee they're going to start filing documents. Oh, you know, a plane bombed us. 
Yeah, we right. want to file a yeah. war criminal act against uh, right. Netanyahu, yeah. and there, you know, and then the thing is, is this is going to lead to, I mean, paperwork. The Democrats Lots of paperwork. in this area. Lots of paperwork. I want to ask the question: If George Bush was a war criminal, because these same bumper stickers say "Impeach Bush" used to be on all these Priuses. Mm-hmm. How come they put up with Obama being a, a war criminal of the oh, highest order? Why do you even try? Who gives a crap? Who gives a crap? That, that's a. That's, I give a crap. I, I know you give it, but goes nowhere. And I, by the way, I think a wealth tax would be in order. Hey, I have another uh, Susan E. Richie Rice clip here about Palestine. Nine, 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 nine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like the whole concept of the upgrade, though. I thought it was a cutesy way to put it. You know, you're not really a passenger, but you still get, like, the extra leg room. Oh, know. I give you free drinks. Now, come on. We can't put you in, we can't put you in business class, Mr. Curry, <laughs> because we know you, we, we had to downgrade you, but you have free drinks the whole way to Hawaii. <laughs> <coughs> Your voices today are spot on. I really, I, I'm really, really liking it. All right, well, why don't we kind of are, are looking at PR moves? Wow. Was there a big one that's on, that's on the way right now? Of course, what we're trying to do as part of the Agenda 21 is we are uh, trying to condition the slaves of the United States of Gitmo Nation uh, into accepting a tax on uh, the air that you exhale, the so-called carbon tax. And uh, and this is uh, the, um, uh, the, not the World Bank, the, uh, what's the, the IMF uh, and uh, Christine Lagarde have already pegged this at $23 per metric ton. Oh, right. So it's what all, a great scam. It's all good to go, right? Now we just have to condition people into getting ready for it. So not only in this news report, and I, and and I'll and I'll actually I'll, I'll mention it when it comes up. And it's Diane Shoyer. <laughs> it was intros are very short, if you notice, and they all they all start the same way. All right, next on this Friday we have breaking news. All right, next we have. And and that's all she can do. And they're making them really short her intros because you know smoke comes out of her ear if she tries if it's more than twenty second intro. So the uh, inconvenient truth doesn't really work anymore. Although they're still using the footage of the of the iceberg crashing and the polar bear on the ice uh, on the uh, on the piece of floating ice. I swear to God, it's in this clip. And they even have sweetened it with people yelling like you know like the titanic is sinking i swear to god you'll hear it you'll hear it that's terrible but it's promoting you know the story behind that polar bear on that ice yeah they, they can swim fine they love swimming he was chilling out he was no they, a, no, they, the, the polar bear, there was a there was a ship nearby there's some guy reported this and the po- these polar bears are really curious and yeah. the polar bear was got out of the around. water. He didn't. He wanted to get a better look. He got yeah. in this little ice flow. Yeah, took a dump, and, and they then took went a back. picture of it as though <laughs> this is the end of the world. The polar bear. The poor bear. Poor polar There's bear. There's more polar bears today than there were when the whole global warming thing began. All right, so. Now, there's two things happening here, and it, it is in concert, and I can prove it to you because we have a new movie, a new documentary coming out, which is just like that escape fire is something that you know, have it shown in your town, get it to your movie theater. Uh, and when I mention it, all the people behind it, and it's mentioned in this piece, but there's also another, another report that's come out about the polar ice melting three times faster than ever before imagined. So I can give you the report from the, all the news networks are in on it. Everybody is in on it. Okay. This is, this is 
whether you believe in it or not, this is propaganda that is being shoved up your rectum. And we turn next to news today about the changing climate. Hurricane season ended today, and it is official. This was the third worst season since records began 161 years ago. The third worst season. John, do you know how they, how Diane Sawyer has come up with this fantastic metric? That it was the third worst season since we started counting 10 million years ago? In a typical year, there are 12 named storms. This year, we had 19. Named storms. Can you name all 19 storms? <laughs> that's, the, that's the metric? That's the metric. How much? Because in typical years 12, we had the most ever 19 named storms. I can't remember more than two. Or Sandy. Sandy, right? Now, hold on. Sandy and uh, Irene. I think we had Irene. Or was that last year? I don't know. I don't remember I'll, I'll anything just, but Sandy. There were 19. Well, let's listen to Wait the, a minute. <laughs> let me. Wait, 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 wait. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Is S the nine? Uh, what letter is S on the. Because uh, the, it starts with A and it goes to S, so that has to be uh, 19 there, right? What the hell are you talking about? This number of storms it would be reflective of the names. Yeah, but the names aren't in alphabetical order. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Yes, they are. It's not true. It is true. <sighs> All right, hold on a second. Consult the book of knowledge. Storm names in 2012. I mean, you're really, really bringing me down, dude. Here we go. Hurricane names 2012. They're not in alphabetical order. It makes absolutely no sense. 2012. Uh, here we go. My God, you're right. They're in order. Chris, Debbie, Ernesto. Oh, remember how bad Ernesto was? <laughs> Florence, Gordon, Hel Helene, Isaac, Joyce, Kirk. Wow, Kirk was a pain in the ass. Leslie, Michael, Nadine, Oscar, Patty, Raphael, Sandy, Tony, Valerie, and William. Wait a minute. <laughs> that's more that's more than 18 storms or 19 storms. No, that's 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17. Ooh, I only have 18. I only get 18. With William? Yeah, well, but you know, they don't have the U, the V, the X, you know, so they didn't do Ulysses. They they could have, I guess. So they only, well, okay, so 18, 19, who's counting? But you were right, they are in alphabetical order. Yeah, every year. So sometime after Sandy, uh, I miss Tony, Valerie, and William. I never heard of Tony. <laughs> Let me see Storm Tony. <laughs> I mean, Diane Sawyer's telling me, so I mean, it, it can't, she can't be lying to me. Yes, images for Storm Tony. Tropical Storm Tony, now a post-tropical cyclone in eastern Atlantic. Well, there was no coverage. I mean, if you... It was just some, some twister in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> and, and by the way, East Coast crackpot, pilots don't have to know storm names, a-hole. Anyway, let's move on with the report because it's really exciting. Among the monsters like Isaac in the Gulf and Sandy in the East. Tonight, ABC's Dan Harris tells us what this means for the future. <laughs> you can see the control room going, oh man, she made it for, for the future. 
A surge of storms pummeling the American coastline. Watch this year's busy hurricane season play out in just seven seconds. One storm piling on after the other, leaving people whose lives were uprooted by Sandy. We are extremely, extremely frustrated. Now, now, this is very, very well-produced package because we're showing people who are angry, sad, frustrated, and scared. This is what you need to understand. Coming to terms with a harsh new reality that may affect millions of Americans who live near the water. For these people, meet Hold on a second. Stop. <laughs> Why? It's too good. It's a, it's a crescendo. It's building. Why do you? All right, all right. But that woman. <laughs> she's, a, she's a plant, of course. It's a town hall meeting. Obviously. People, open your eyes. Open your mind. Allow the information to flow. That you are being mind controlled by this. And it's very well done. Meeting with government officials Thursday night. Today's hurricane season statistics are not just numbers. So this year was bad. And there's every reason to believe. And this is the woman from uh, the Climate Project. Next year and the year after, and the year after that could also be bad. I think that it's pretty safe to expect continued years of busy hurricane season. Science is in! I think it's pretty reasonable to expect. Some woman from the Climate Project, please. Huh? So what's going on here? Not only are we in a naturally occurring active period for hurricanes. Uh, hello, did, did I just did I just hear an actual fact? And let me just roll that back because you can't let that gloss over because they are a news organization. He's actually saying something truthful here, which is going to change. Hold on. Busy hurricane season. So what's going on here? Not only are we in a naturally occurring active period for hurricanes, but then yep. there's also climate change, oh, which yes. makes the waters warmer, which can make the storms stronger. Now, do you hear this? What you're seeing here on the screen, I want you to listen to the audio. You're seeing the uh, inconvenient truth polar bear, and you're seeing the ice, uh, the iceberg collapse. Listen to the audio. For hurricanes, <laughs> but then there's also climate change, which makes the waters warmer, which can make the storms stronger. And just this week, a new... Do you hear that? They've sweetened it with, like, people... Ah! Ah! Sounds like a roller coaster. <laughs> it may be... <laughs> Let me hear it again. It's nuts. Makes the waters warmer, which can make the storms stronger. And just this week, a new... <laughs> Like someone said, hey, man, put some dying people under that. And the sound engineer went, oh, crap, man. Hell, I'll use this roller coaster. I don't have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, wonder, that's what I'd do. I wonder. Do you think that's one of the stock libraries? Uh, roller. Let me see. I wonder if. Uh, Go roller, type in roller coaster WAV. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, the reason why I'm I'm asking is because a lot of these outfits, they use the free. Um, yeah, the stuff you can get off the net. Well, no, the free sounds that come with the um, with the Apple programs. Oh, right, Apple. Yeah, all the Final Cut Pro's got a bunch of sounds. Oh, I think I have one here. Let's see, roller coaster, roller derby. Let's see, it could be. Let's uh, let's just try this one for a second because I have those sounds in here too. No, that's not the one. <laughs> Oops, play that. And a marimba band broke out during the last storm. No, no, those are just 
Uh, I'll, I'll look for it. Anyway, let me just continue with this report. Blue study saying climate change is also causing the polar ice sheets to melt three times faster than they were 20 years ago. Oh, let's go over to, uh, I think it is from ABC. We'll go to NBC. Speaking of climate, we got surprising word today that polar ice oh. is melting three times more rapidly now than it was in the 1990s. That in a report in the journal Science. The, not the journal of science, just the journal Science. Very tricky. It's just journal science. It's a journal, journal um, science. science. Now, back to ABC. Look at this time-lapse footage from the new documentary, Chasing Ice. Oh, we have a new documentary, Chasing Ice. As this ice melts, it drives up water levels along the coasts, which makes hurricanes even worse. And you're all going to die, slaves. Now, from the trailer of Chasing Ice. I'm on the phone with Jim on one of our regular check-ins. Like, Jim, nothing's happening. It's starting, Adam, I think. Adam, it's starting. Look at that. Look at the whole thing. <laughs> I demise. It all started in Iceland. I think I'm so certain to get wet, I'll take my boots off. You're going to die. You will die. I never imagined that you could see glaciers this big disappearing in such a short time. You will die. There's a powerful piece of history that's unfolding in these pictures, and I have to go back. (laughs) Scary, scary roller coaster. The initial goal was to put out 25 cameras. So, um, chasingice.com, John, check it out. Okay. What's interesting about chasing ice, and if you look at, um, you know, the the executive producers. Yeah, this this always kind of helps you out as to who these people are. But what I found fascinating is um, you can donate. And this, of course, is a Sundance winner, uh, River Run Film Festival, Silver Docks, South by Southwest Film Festival, Sundance London, and Hot Docks Documentary Festival. And it is beautifully made. No doubt about it. It is absolutely spectacular. Now, you can just see the cinematography is top, top notch. Really good. What I find interesting is there's donate everywhere. Uh, and you can donate. And you click on the donate button, the money goes to the Wild Foundation. And the Wild Foundation uh, is a, a, a 5013C corporation. You can find C3, them at yeah. C3 at wild.org. And uh, when I, this is what was kind of weird. So I'll, I'll open up. I get the form nine ninety. You know, I love looking at uh, at this the, is your thing. This is my thing. I I love their uh, what they uh, what they report. So you know, they're, apparently the, the network TV can't do this. It's an yeah. exclusive to no agenda. That's Somebody right. actually looks at these documents. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, so they did about uh, $1.9 million, and uh, they gave uh, 280000 to this movie. So they probably financed uh, pretty much the whole thing. Uh, but here is uh, what they do. The Wild, this is according to their IRS ta- tax documents. Uh, the Wild Foundation works internationally to protect and sustain wilderness and wildlife while integrating the needs of human communities, catalyze conservation leadership, and build conservation capacity. And they all of their money is location-specific projects in Africa that help protect and integrate wilderness and wildlife with human communities. So for some reason, this foundation, which has only dealt with Africa, their entire uh, history as a, as a nonprofit, 
decides to spend money in the polar opposite part of the world. So this is a front, obviously. It's a front group to funnel money. It's 294000 I think it was, what was the exact amount that they gave to this uh, outfit. So um, they, they financed most of it. I'm just looking for the exact number. I have it down here. I'm scrolling through the document. Um, but if you look at this website at uh, chasingice.com, uh, you will see that this is very, very similar to the Escape Fire documentary. This is the new way of doing it, you see. Al Gore uh, started this tip. Um, you, you get a doc, and this is how you can make a documentary. And while you just put in some, some message, what, cause these guys, they went to just, their whole idea was to have 75 cameras and it was all cool linked up and they could watch, uh, watch what was going on and watch polar bears floating, ba- floating by and stuff. And now this has been hijacked and they got the, got it made by accepting the money from the people who are going to politicize this. And just look at, just look at the, at the website, you know, about the film, get it to where you are, the news releases. And this is all part of the programming. This movie comes out, which by the way, the movie has been on ice, <laughs> literally for I think two years. They just, they just hold off and just wait. And the reason I know that is the bios are outdated that they put on the site here. Hold on a second. Do you have anything to say while I, uh, are you still there? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the ICCF's website at the moment. We keep talking. I'll, I'll, I'll stumble onto something interesting. Okay. You'll pop up in a second. So let me, um, here's the, the team and, uh, let's see, where was she? So we have Jeff Orlowski. He's the director producer, but Paula Dupree Pressman, would he have a name like that, Paula Dupree Pressman? That's a big red flag. Worked for more than 16 years as an associate producer for filmmaker Chris Columbus in 1492 Pictures. Uh, at the time, she worked on Rent, Harry Potter, Prisoners of uh, Azkaban, uh, Harry Potter Chamber of Secrets, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. This is why they brought on it. We needed to make a fairy tale, so let's bring on a fairy tale producer. And she must be doing one of the guys. Because she's very, very cute. So that's how she probably got involved in the project. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's just boil it down to that. <laughs> Come on. You know how this works. And then there's David uh, and Linda. Unfortunately, yes. David and Linda Cornfield, who are executive producers, which means, you know, it means they put up the money. That's how it works. By the way, you'd get fired for that, too. Yeah. David and Linda Cornfield are philanthropists and environmentalists who believe in the power of travel to learn about the world and in the power of photography to spark curiosity and foster insights and understanding. Yeah, the power of jet travel. That's good for the environment. (laughs) And they look like jet setters. Just look at them. They've got identical little parkas on. I know these people. These are the people who give money at uh, at big gala events and then go on the uh, expedition. (laughs) <laughs> this is I know how this works. I know exactly how this works. So watch, this movie is going to be touted everywhere as uh, proof, scientific fact that uh, the study from the New England was it the 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 journal New England Journal hmm, not of whatever science. Yeah, science. It's proof, scientific fact that uh, that this is happening. And it may be happening. But my point is, if we're not, if you know, your coastlines are going to be gone, you're screwed anyway. It's not going to help now. Live it up, party. Spend your yeah, money it's on too blow. Late now. Yeah, spend your money on hookers and blow. Well, the climate uh, the meeting right now. This is 
in Doha, Doha. is not being covered much by the mainstream. No. But I did get this little tidbit, which is part, which I think is a something they didn't run a. I don't know why they're, st- they're sticking with the three X or whatever the thing is, but play the climate change meme uh, at Doha clip from uh, Democracy Now. Climate delegates are wrapping up the first of two weeks of talks in Qatar's capital of Doha amidst mounting signs of global warming's impact. The U.N. Meteorological Agency has unveiled a new report showing an area of the Arctic sea ice larger than the United States melted this year over a six-month period. The agency said sea ice around the North Pole reached a record low because of climate change, while world leaders appear to have stalled over a possible extension of the Kyoto Protocol on greenhouse gas emissions. Some of the toughest calls for change to emerge this week have been from the world's youth. Youth activists called Friday for leaders to take drastic action immediately to prevent poorer countries from suffering the brunt of climate change. My God, what? Is, how, the, she's reading it like Hitler now. Youth activists, they did. Did you hear this cadence that she's got? That's that's her Walter Cronkite cadence. There's nothing new to that. I hadn't heard she's it like always this. always talk like that. This is, well, this, uh, whenever she's really in youth activist, this is new to me. Let me listen again. Leaders to take drastic action immediately to prevent poorer countries from suffering the brunt of climate change. That's Walter Cronkite? That's a bad Walter Cronkite. Well, it's more like Walter Winchell. But anyway, it's another story. Michael Sandmel, a member of the International Youth Climate Movement, spoke in Doha earlier this week. We make up half the world's population, and, and frankly, we're being screwed. Um, we're being denied a future by a lack of ambition, a lack of vision, and governments that are, are far too beholden to the interests of uh, big fossil fuel companies, big, big coal companies, the banks that fund them. It's the noodle kid. Where's the noodle kid? We want the noodle kid. <laughs> no, man, I can't play the noodle kid again. But it does sound like the noodle kid, doesn't it? Hey, man, they wanted you. They, they, they keep bossing us around. <laughs> hey, man, it's like it's like it's they like, keep telling us what, what to, to do. do. Hey, man, it's like that's not good. We're getting screwed on this deal, dude. <laughs> We're getting screwed. Uh, what, How you getting screwed? Uh, what specifically? Well, like I described earlier, there are two fundamental classes that are just a plain fact in society. This is this is we're like not not we're not uh, not we're not one of the top class man. You either work for someone else or you work for yourself, and most people work for someone else in a way that they aren't free. Um, you don't really get to decide your work. For example, I work at Noodles, a restaurant, and basically it's a dictatorship there. Um, it's a dictatorship. Exactly what we're gonna cook, how we're gonna cook it, what time we're gonna get there, and basically if they. Hey man, I want to show up when I feel like it. I don't like what they're doing. They try to tell us what to do. If we don't listen, they get rid of us. And so we don't, we're not even... Wait a minute. If you don't listen to them, they get rid of us. Those bastards. Those those capitalist pigs. To actually cooperate in a way that we make decisions together. I try to convince my, my fellow employees that we should have a union at Noodles. So it's a source of power. Power! To start with. And then I think in terms of the bigger picture, when you look at revolutions... The way that you actually get rid of any sort of dictatorship um, is by having workers take control of the place where they work. Would your plan, your vision for noodles, sure. would it include the owner? What capacity we, would he be granted? Owner, if the owner wanted to cooperate with us as an equal and provide his skills that he had, 
we would definitely cooperate with him. We'd have to abdicate his position as being an owner and controller of us, and he would have to recognize that we we run this together. And basically, <laughs> if he doesn't want to cooperate with us, he's against us. Oh, hey, message for the noodles, kid. Message for the noodles, kid. You're an a-hole. <laughs> Unbelievable. Ugh. My goodness. Well, that's a classic, ladies and gentlemen. You don't get that very often that we play. But you in. never get that on mainstream media. No, especially not with the Morse code in it. <laughs> the Morse code. Do it again. We want more Morse code. <laughs> All right. I shall. Uh, I'll. Okay. See, so you should be able to recognize this, John. Ready? Let me get my key. Do you recognize that? Uh, no. No, that's your call letters. Oh. That's KJ6. Kevin Johnson 6, liquid natural gas. Yeah. Do you want to hear it again so you can recognize it? Yeah. There you go. Okay. And how about this one? This is an easy one. Come on. Come on. I don't know Morse code. It's did it da da da. ITM. That's It's ITM. 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 Anyway, who else does this sort of thing? <laughs> hey, I had a PSK 31 uh, digital connection with Cuba. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm going to using the dipole. Yeah. Uh, the N fed Zep wire antenna. I'm going to get in trouble. And here's proof. Good evening. On this Friday night, we have breaking news. Uh, uh, oh, breaking news. Tonight, two men under arrest in a terror plot. Yeah. Terrible. They are naturalized citizens of Pakistani descent living in South Florida. And ABC senior justice correspondent Pierre Thomas joins us now with all the breaking details. Pierre? Pierre? Diane, tonight the FBI believe it has stopped a plot of homegrown terror. Now, I was very excited about this because this is ahead of schedule. Um, the schedule is meant to be every six weeks is when the FBI comes out with something, uh, one of these plots. Uh, one of these stings, one of these patsy things. So uh, the timing is supposed to be right around Christmas so we can have another scare, an airline disaster scare around Christmas, like the underpants dude. So this is unscheduled, and I think this might be the real deal, but listen to what the real deal is. Oh, well, this is, is going to screw up their timing because they can't do another one just before Christmas like they want to. Well, the guys actually did nothing. What they did has me worried because I have done this. That while in its early stages, could have been deadly. Tonight, two Fort Lauderdale men are in custody, accused of plotting to detonate a bomb in the U.S. homeland. I love the little, the, the little, the little uh, motor drive sound. Which, gonna, uh, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, right. Who's, who's using who motor, uses drive? motor drives in 2012? They, they, it's like a black and white security cam picture and like... Please, CSI, ABC. Custody, accused of plotting to detonate a bomb in the U.S. homeland. The two men... In the homeland. Brothers... In the U.S.A. homeland. Yeah, as opposed to someone else's homeland. So they're flashing images and then they have that sound as the sound effect? Yeah, totally CIA, uh, CSI. 
It's, it's, told, yes, it's, a, it's a CSI piece. Two Fort Lauderdale men are in custody, accused of plotting to detonate a bomb in the U.S. homeland. The two men, brothers Raiz and Shahir Arkazi, are identified as naturalized citizens from Pakistan. Sources tell ABC News this was not a sting. Sources, t- sources, uh, is a real news report. Sources say it was not a sting. This is not our regularly scheduled oh, program. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> this is funny. We will be back in December, please. In, in, this, it's like everything else is a sting. Yeah, it's exactly but they're trying right. to get the point across that this wasn't. This was not our regularly scheduled program. This was program. a stunner for us. There was no sting We were involved. expecting this. And that the younger brother had been in contact with overseas radicals, possibly connected to Al-Qaeda. So he talked to someone who possibly, possibly may have been connected to al-qaeda but wait the indictment accuses the men of attempting to provide lodging communications equipment and transportation in a conspiracy to use a weapon of mass destruction so they had a couple emails i'll get you the ham radio yeah i got a truck I, I, uh, we, we can uh, get something really explosive that goes boom. And sources say the FBI found evidence the younger brother had been monitoring recent FBI sting cases, so authorities say infiltrating the alleged conspiracy was a non-starter. So he was monitoring, which means Googling, recent FBI sting cases. <laughs> this is what I do. It's called research. He was monitoring. I... Hello. I'll testify on your behalf. <laughs> yeah, to get me incarcerated. Uh, here's it. He had a Pakistani Indian sounding name. His name was Curry. He was monitoring FBI sting cases. He had he ham radio named, equipment with very powerful he transmitters. After, <laughs> he was named after a famous food dish in Pakistan, Curry. <laughs> and Pierre, I know this is still a developing story, but any indication how many others might be involved? Diane, this case is active and ongoing. They're looking at potential <laughs> suspects overseas. This is CSI talk. It's Diane, Diane. It's active and ongoing. There's potential things overseas. What the hell was that? See, they're already on to me. This is sting in progress. This is nuts. There's an ant on the microphone. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Sir. Be very quiet. Did I get him? All right. Did I get him? No, you didn't get him. He's roaming around. Now he's on the... Hey, he disappeared. Right. Maybe he did get him. All right, let's take a little break here. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. So uh, we have a few donors. Only, only a few. Right. But we have to thank them and Sir Howard Gutnick Gutnicht Gutknecht 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 in Seattle, mm-hmm. who I met with. Oh. Uh, one hundred twenty-two dollars and ten cents. Oh, that's nice. He is. Um, he says, Sir Howard, to you it, for the Druids. It's a winter solstice donation. Twelve twenty-one is the one hundred twenty-two dollars and ten cents. Whatever. Twelve twenty-one. That's the solstice. Okay, the 12... Oh, I see what it is. This is 1221. So 1221, this may not be a bad donation to celebrate 1221. I like that a lot. Anyway. 122.1. Very nice. I like it. Uh, He says the Thursday show is the best ever. This past Thursday? I guess what he says. And that's why we got the least donations ever? Is that how that works? I just want to understand. More of these little Richard anecdotes. 
and uh, <laughs> that, we'll get more money. <laughs> and less research from when Curry. When I was a kid, I saw Led Zeppelin, <laughs> and somebody screamed in the audience. <laughs> You know, and I was suspicious. I mean, you would be so great if you ever got your act together and, and got on ham radio. I mean, you're made for this. <laughs> you're made for this. You are so made for it, really. You're perfect. Uh, anyway, he wants me to recount my mortgage. But the mortgage foreclosure story about the fake thing that they were trying to do in Washington State where we were working right, with the attorney general. Right, right. right. Uh, it, it's kind of just, it kind of just died on the vine. It, they just stopped calling. Yeah, but hold on a second. You need to go get these bastards, these a holes. You, well, you got to go the get General them. General knows they, 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 the government is on to them. So oh, it's, yeah. We'll see. Oh yeah, the government's going to go. I know, they're I know. going I after the banks any day now. Sure, any day now. Anyway, uh, so he says, "Happy winter solstice." Coming thank you, up. thank you, sir. Good connect. He also has some marketing tips for us oh. that we we oh. will put into uh, into action. Nice. Okay, R- Richard Haraz Haraz. Harazinek. 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 Easton, Easton, Pennsylvania. $100.33. We had our suspicious gas blast in Allentown in 2011. My crackpot theories are either that big oil is going against big natural gas or the China's Rusky sending a message. <laughs> anyway, I was wondering if you could recommend this former Illuminati slave an American-made whiskey or bourbon to give as a gift to someone who considers themselves a connoisseur in Amer- that area. American, I would just go plain old Jack. No, no, that's not interesting. No, it, one of those big bottles is the really big ones. Oh, the big giant Magnum. I love the Magnum of Jack. That looks so cool. And it's not. It's comparatively <laughs> speaking. Are you okay, man? This cough has me a little. Has me a little worried. I have a cold. No. Um, okay. The uh, no, I think a magnum of Maker's Mark is more interesting. Maker's Mark. Okay. I think Maker's Mark is a uh, as a right. as a as a <laughs> as a bourbon you can find everywhere. Yeah. I think is a really good product. But right. there's a bunch of these. If you can get okay, here's the one. If you can get a Van Winkle, anything. You're because it's for some connoisseur. W- wasn't so the connoisseurs the, love Van Winkle. Weren't the Van Winkles the guys who uh, originally paid Zuckerberg for Facebook? So look for a Van Winkle of any sort. There's a bunch of, there's kind of different couple labels that are involved. Find a, a specialty store and ask if there's any Van Winkles they'd recommend. How about some Johnny Walker Blue? Now he wants American-made whiskey or bourbon. It's right. very you, clear in you here. Take the, you take the Johnny Walker Blue and you put it in See? the ja- and you put it in the Jack Daniels bottle and you say, trust me, you've never tasted the Magnum. Yeah, this is this is the kind of recommendations you get from uh, Adam Curry. I think we should do a taste test. I, I bet you, Sarah Zaffer mm. in Essex Junction, Vermont, a new, Junction, a new donor, a new donor, a hundred dollars with no comment that I could see. Um, I think Kel- I think Sarah sent a. Did picture. she send us a note? I think she might have sent me a naked picture, actually. Well, that would I gotta, be. I got to look. How come you're look. getting all in? I don't get anything like this. This is ridiculous. Oh, because you're not on ham radio. Ten four, good buddy. <laughs> so you used to say to me. <laughs> so you used to say to me when I got my license. Ten four, good buddy. Uh, by the way, this 70, is seventy three. This is this is CQ 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 this is, CQ. This is, this is exactly 
when people hear you have your ham license, they all go, hey, good buddy, what's your handle? And you just, and, and, <laughs> and, it's, and the worst thing is you get offended because you're like, hey, man, actually, I studied for a test, like a real test that you couldn't pass a hole. And I know, you know, how to, how to measure an open ended dipole. Okay. Yeah, I, have, to measure. I have an oscilloscope. Would you like to see it in action? Sir Kelly Spongberg, who we haven't heard from, from for a while in Alberta, have enclosed a copy of Crusher's album. He's a, it's a band. He plays bass guitar for him. It's not Green Day, but it's not Aerosmith either. So we think you'll be you'll like it. If Adam wants a copy, email me a mailing address to send him one too. I got it. And I forgot to. Oh, I was going to clip it and then send it to you. And I'm an idiot. I'd love to have that. Are you kidding? I was busy. <clears throat> yeah. Sir Kelly plays bass. Yeah. Slapping the bass. Is he slapping? He slapping the a, bass. He wants a plug for the album Crush Nor's. Uh, I thought we had a, a website that we that was on here. Well, hold on. Go. I think this was came in a letter, and so JC just writes part of it down and that's the end of well, it that can't be too hard to k-r-u-s-h-o-r find. Uh, you can find it somewhere k-r what k-r-u yeah i gotta pull it out again s-h-o-r crusher oh crusher 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 k-r-u-s-h-o-r well how about crusher.com i mean it was really that hard Let's see do they it have was. music members cd baby Oh, they should have at least a, a wow. They look hardcore, man. Have you, have you ever seen these dudes? <clears throat> I've seen Kelly. <clears throat> they look pretty cool. Okay, Crusher, Crusher, Overlord from Crusher. Everybody, some DX7 sounds there. Let's get to the hardcore part. I could be a guest vocalist in this band. I think you could be. I think you should be. <laughs> I would make more money. Gregory Davies in Lawton, Oklahoma. Uh-oh. Oh, 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 oh. 69, 69, dudes. Woohoo, dudes. All right. We got a 69, 69 donation. Hey, guys, the Aussie lost in Oklahoma here. First off, could you please give PayPal a huge douchebag for locking me out of my account for no reason? Got it fixed, but it was a pain in the ass. Again, thanks for all you do. I know there's some talk about what you're going to do about a show on Christmas Day, and I have a suggestion, a no-agenda AMA show. Ask me anything. Get the producers and listeners to submit questions about anything. You know, we tried doing that once. We did. And it didn't work out. There's nobody's got any questions for us. The best ones get chosen. You can get the idea for the show. Not sure if you can use the idea or not. But I hope you can. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. He'll take a hey citizen karma for revising updated new podcast I'm launching in 2013. Ooh, well, we need to talk about this first. Let me give you your hey citizen. You've got karma. One of our producers, Matt, is uh, he's he's an ex Disney web developer and he um has actually created an online courseware system and he would like to set up the by the way it's the no agenda institute for internet broadcasting which is the n-a-double-i-b which has a nice ring to it n-a-double-i-b the no agenda institute for internet broadcasting and he thinks there's a real business in it but 
He says, we will have to dedicate at least a day a week to it. And I'm thinking that could be the Thursday show. You know, instead of the Thursday show, we'll just do our uh, podcast. No, no, the Academy. Thursday show brings in money. The Sunday show's the dog. Okay, then then we'll cut the Sunday show. No, one of the two. Okay. Okay. Hopefully, we can just spend another day and do it. That would count for the third episode we've always wanted to do. If it brings in money, I, I'll float. I'll still do two shows. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Heather Aronson, good old Heather from San Francisco, sixty nine, sixty nine. Hey. Hey. I want Adam to talk to my pussy, too. Hey. Except I don't have a cat. Hey. Ha! Just kidding. Whoa. I actually do have a cat. Whoa, whoa. What happened? What happened? What happened to what? Whoa, it was weird. Like It's like this huge like interference sound or something. Oh, it's probably the CIA. Yeah, the, probably the transmitting outside. Okay, sorry. I got back to the pussy. Yes. She has a cat. She actually has a cat, she oh, says. That's okay. what she's talking about. All right. So don't be a don't have a dirty mind. What Sorry. you guys decide to replace? The, what did you decide to? We're gonna have little pins like they have in Canada when you're the knight of Canada. No, we're gonna have I dog, think it's called I we're gonna have dog Canada's tags. Canada's knighthood. Oh, we're gonna have dog, dog tags. Tags are no good. Belt, belt buckle. I like a belt buckle. How about a bolo tie? Yeah, there it is again. Where's this coming from? Is this you, John? No, I'm hearing it though. Wow. There is it sounds someone, like a, a like, sounds like a drone overhead. Someone My, is transmitting nearby. If all of a sudden you don't hear me anymore, they've got me. That okay, is well, that is very very strange because that is someone with a walkie-talkie or something. Yeah, they're nearby. outside your house. Should I go look? I would. Uh, you, as I'll continue reading. Yeah, you the do the donations. I'll go, go look. take a look. Okay. Thomas Badrick in Nutley, New Jersey. I don't have a uh, note from him. Sixty nine, sixty nine. Gordon Walton or Sir Go- Gordon Walton to you, who's in Austin and maybe the guy outside the door, uh, which would be funny. Sixty nine, sixty nine. Starting on a knighthood for my son, John, and he asks us to keep up the good work. And that ends our sixty nine, sixty nine segment, which I'll ring a bell for. Adam's house apparently has a lot of square footage. Takes him forever to get to the door. Well, maybe he won't come back. Hey, Adam. Adam. Lawrence McBride. Oh. Sir Lawrence McBride. Morton. We're still safe. Merseyside. We're still safe. You're still safe. Good. I'll play the close out the 6969 segment. 69! 69, dude! Sir Lawrence McBride needs job karma for an interview on Monday. And it's his birthday, 21212. Uh, we wouldn't have you on the list, uh, Sir Lawrence. You've got karma. Uh, Doug Dodge in Camarillo Brillo, uh, California, 5555, no comment. Uh, Adam. Uh, Mikolajczyk, I would say. Mikolajczyk. Yeah, I think it's Mikolajczyk. In Ithaca, New York, 3535, it was a great pleasure. I discovered my Mothership Boarding Pass subscription. It's gotten appreciably close to his knighthood with great pride, adding this 5350, and then he's going to be a knight. Okay, we'll have you on the list. Keep up with always intriguing analysis, serving up with pleasing dose of entertainment and levity. For my recent engagement to it, you know, by the way, people who used to listen to our show and then they stopped listening, they're all depressives. You have to listen <laughs> to the show because, yeah. Otherwise, you have no outlet for the depression. Yeah, because most people, yeah, you can know that this took place or that place, or there's a lot of corruption, but you don't. You shouldn't be letting it eat at you. You should no. have a good. It's funny. That's exactly. This is the. 
the only way to survive, <clears throat> excuse me, the only way to survive demise is with humor. And this is, this is, this is what we do. We give you a, a way to, to release and to relax and to laugh by calling people weird names and douchebags and having the type of conversation you really wish you could just have with, with a buddy. So or you wish that buddies. the mainstream media would have this conversation. Oh, please. You know, have you noticed? <laughs> I know, it's that, a, it's, that's funny. Have you noticed that Don Lemon now has a Saturday night show on CNN, but he's, it's like a personality show? Everybody wants to be Joy Behar, and he has it, and he has his shirt un, unbuttoned for the show. Oh, jeez! Yeah, like you know, two two buttons, so his collar is open. And it's like, and it's it's, it's the Don Lemon show. And yeah, I'll play something from it later. I got a, I got a real news clip from it. Okay. Anyway, um, Adam also wants a. Uh, <laughs> uh, he just recently got engaged to a smoking hot milf in training. Humbly requested a dose of chemtrail. You will obey karma for <laughs> impending nuptials as we set out to build our geodesic dome mountain home in the hills of central Pennsylvania. Let's see if we can do this. That was close, but is this one? Chemtrails. You will obey. You will obey. You will obey. You will obey. You've got karma. Forgot I had that one. That's I didn't a, know you had it at all. That's a good one, isn't it? Isn't it? I, I, that's I, not bad. I think it's actually one of the better ones. Hold on, let me just play you it. You will obey. You will obey. You will obey. <laughs> that's going to be a big request. Uh, this one does not get played uh, for less than $70. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to put price tags on these things. Yeah. Screw it. Yeah. Yeah. We got to do it somehow. Kevin Payne, fifty dollars and one cent, no comment. Greg, uh, Sir Greg Brunsell, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, no comment. Uh, at least none that I can see. And Mestanza Alexandra in Barcelona. Hello from Barcelona. Hola, hola. Spain. Uh, thanks, guys, for the many hours of entertainment. And for the weekly brain rewash, or is it unwash? You erased the previous brainwash inflicted by schools and mass media over here in Gitmo Nation unemployment. Thanks to you, I'm even more cynical. (laughs) 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 Thank you very much. And while most of the news you deconstruct doesn't relate directly to me, it does provide a reality check and helps me deconstruct our own news. I've been on the crappy $5 a month donation for a while now, and I do keep an eye on my email to ensure it happens monthly. There it is again. By the way, we got got a note. There it is again. It's just... Coming out of nowhere, John. It's not on my side. I don't even hear it. No, no, I know, but this has never happened before. This is very. It, it sounds like a ha- like some, someone's keying a mic. Yeah, it's exactly yeah what it locally like. and yeah. some ham with too many watts and and no filters. I guarantee you, it's a drone overhead. There's nothing outside, so it must be overhead. It could be. They're, mm-hmm. they're lining you up. Yep. <laughs> it's the radar. Don't say the wrong thing on today's show. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, he goes on. He says, he's, by the way, I was going to say, somebody did send a note saying that PayPal told them that we discontinued, and he, you know, I, it's bullcrap. We don't do that. No, that's what PayPal does. When, when something goes wrong, they say, no agenda canceled your subscription. Now, how dumb would that be if we really did that? <coughs> and why would we do it? Yeah. Now I have to find a mortgage in another bank. Oh, anyway. Oh, let me go back. Uh, I seriously need some house karma as I decided to buy an apartment, but my bank, who offers the best mortgage in Spain, screwed me. Uh Uh-oh. 
So now I have to find a mortgage in another bank, and every offer I get is more surrealistic than the previous. You should try crazy bo- conditions, crazy interest, crazy <laughs> charges, anything you can think of, and some no one would dream of except these banks. You should try Obviously, Banco no Popular. What Europe says what? To try Banco Popular. It's probably where he started. Uh. Obviously, no matter what Europe says, our banks still want to collect flats at 60% value, plus keep the shittison paying the debt for the rest of his life, <laughs> 25% extra interest for paying late. To top it off, if I don't buy it, I'll lose the money already paid as reservation. Oh, you the down payment. I hear that. Yeah, it's happening again. And I've never heard this before. Sounds like a drone. Yeah. If I don't buy it, did that. The noise comes when it circles around, and when it gets close again, it'll do it. Because you know, <laughs> okay. they, can't, they can't stay in one place; they got to circle. Anyway, he needs some. Uh, he needs the douche Jordy. Oh, douche. douchebag! Who hit him in the mouth repeatedly, and now he can't even tell if he's ever donated, which means he didn't donate enough, or he would remember. Uh, keep up the good work, loves Alex. All right, and that concludes our uh, donations. Look, people. Oh, this is is the, the Alex is the is Alexandra Mestanza, not Mestanza. This is PayPal. Thanks for nothing. Nobody has a first name Mestanza, except for Alexandra. George George Costanza. Uh, that's all, right. all we got. So all right. I mean, I could I could stall more. No, don't. I uh, got more anecdotes. No, this is unacceptable. That's all. It's unacceptable. We need more support. Um, this we have Christmas too. Yeah, and you know, socks are expensive. <laughs> and Old Spice. <laughs> and Old Spice. Yeah. All right, please, Actually, you can please, get free. please. I mean, we've uh, we've been through, what, well, we've explained to you the the Palestinian upgrade we have, uh, which is um, all apart. We've, we've actually looked at the thing that no one talks about is how Condoleezza Rice has $600,000 in the first place. We've shown... Susan. We, yeah, Susan E. Sorry, Condoleezza. So, so, what difference does it make? Um, I we have protected you. I've given you a wall of protection against the indoctrination. Whether you you can believe in climate change, man-made or otherwise, but at least you should know when you're being uh, mind-controlled with a documentary and a survey, and they're all cross-referencing, and, and it's all pushing at the same time with the twenty-three tons per metric. $23 per metric ton of carbon tax waiting in the wings uh, with the president who has no more uh, election to win or lose by implementing that. Um, just so you know, it's coming. We've given you all these protections. We've given you something to laugh about where it's just crazy. I mean, we've given you the noodles, kid. Now you have to the get noodles it. noodles, kid, is worth a 12-12 subscription. I totally agree. By the way... By no, the okay. way, you can play. no. By, by the, the way, way, don't you think if a if a pile of ice the size of the entire United States had melted, that I'd be on waterfront property by now? No, I'm waiting. No. I'm on a hill, which is I've got that location for the dock where I can put it out <laughs> here and are, have you, a boat. You are in a great spot, actually, and you can use that railroad that runs in front to uh, to dry dock your ship. Yeah. No, yeah. I got the whole thing figured out. No. I'm in the right spot. No, I've got the but whole nothing. thing figured There's out. There's nothing. There's no movement. I don't see it lifting. I don't see the water wafting on the, about the bottom of the hill or anything. And by the way, it's a rock hill, so it's not going to get eroded. It's um, Texas is the place to be, and I will have beachfront property. That's why I'm here. I'm ready for it. 
Congratulates himself. He is celebrating today on the second day of December in the year of our Lord, 2012. Happy birthday from all your friends here at the best podcast in the universe. Uh, I am a little dismayed, though, by uh, our results for today. I was watching a three-hour um, session, Senate uh, session, which I, I was planning on pulling some clips for Thursday's show. I'm not that motivated right now um, about autism. It's really some amazingly hysterical stuff in the... Like what? Ah, just, you know, uh, there it is again. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, but where's it coming from? Sounds like a giant bug. Well, the only thing that's new is I have the new tube amp. So that tube oh, amp... Oh, you know, that could be... It sounds like a tube. You got a bad tube. No, it's brand new. I think that well, so, it's taking, yeah. it is receiving something, the tube oh, amp. Oh, right, 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 right. That's what it's doing. But it's You're receiving right. the tube something. The amp is receiving something. But, it, but, but it's, it's something that's sporadic and is happening in the neighborhood. And it's not me. Could, could be a, a leaf blower. <laughs> it's a drone. Trust me. All right. That's going to have to go. I have mine. Do you have yours? Yeah. Here it is. Oh, very the good. The big one. <laughs> who reached his knighthood entirely on $30 donations. Step forward along with Adam Mikolajczyk. Gentlemen, congratulations. Both of you have reached the level of Knight of the Noage in the Roundtable. Very, very proud to pronounce the... Sir Thomas and Sir Adam, Knight of the Noage in the Roundtable. Gentlemen, for you over here, hookers and blow, red boys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, wenches and beer, Ruben S. Ruben and rosé, geishas and sake, vodka and vanilla, gerbils and ginger ale, and mutton and mead. Mutton and mead. <laughs> I think I did pretty good on that, or even well. Did you did you uh, read that one, or was that off the top of your head? That's all off the top of my head. I I can I can do that from memory in the middle of the night, if you wish. What a pro! Yeah, yeah, and and that and fifty cents. Um, so it looks like we finally got a deal, and I do have a question for you on this, John. I don't know. Do you still do that show with Horowitz? I haven't seen that one show up recently. We, we've been off a couple of weeks. Off a couple of weeks, okay. See, I'm a fan. I listen. Um, mm-hmm. So the deal was finally struck, and it, you know there was a big argument between the IMF and the European Central Bank about how to you know pay uh, to basically come up with the cash for the last tranche, the most recent tranche. As a tranche is what it's known as a tranche. Not just you can't just say payment. Now tranche. It's a great word, tranche. Yeah, they got to make it sound tranche. More yeah, important, important it, than it is. Important tranche. Uh, about uh, forty billion uh, euros, uh, which of course goes directly to banks. Now, two things have, have taken place. One is a, is a real whopper. But first, I w- I want to understand a little better. What? How this works? Because from what I understand, well, first I'll play this little clip from the BBC, and I'll give you 
what I think is going on, and then I'd love to hear from you, and then I've got the whopper. Jamie joins me with two big business-breaking stories, and one kind of feeding into the other one. The lower house of the German parliament saying, yes, yes okay, we will go with this bailout to the Greeks. The bailout to Greece, um, yes, it's pretty much expected this is going to happen, um, and it was what Germany had been pushing for, particularly uh, getting uh, Greece to buy back the bonds, uh, some of its debt, so which would effectively reduce its debt down from the 190% it's expected to reach late uh, next year, possibly down, well, the target is about 144% by 2020. This would be quite important because they'd be buying the debt back, which is held at the moment by private creditors, and they would buy it back at 30 cents, possibly 35 cents in the dollar. So if um, an owner of one of these Greek bonds is sitting on one of these Greek bonds, that's all they're ever going to get out of it. Um, Some people would say, actually, they're lucky to get that. But this has always been been an accounting sleight of hand, this idea of buying (coughs) bonds, because we had that debate here in the UK. The Chancellor of the Exchequer saying, no, it's good business sense, and then the Bank of England saying, well, actually, no, it's not, because you're, you're, you're offsetting gains against pluses that haven't happened yet. Yes, I know. It's, it, there, is a, there is a sleight of hand going on here, but on the other hand, um, the, the important thing is that Greece is saying that they're not going to be able to uh, produce any kind of growth in the economy because the austerity cuts are becoming so drastic. You wonder why the regular citizens of the world, why their eyes just glaze over and aren't Jeez. able to understand. I mean, this is no on the BBC. Kidding. So what I understand here is um, the, the tranche is coming, of course, coming from the other European countries. And because of the way it's and this, and this money is going to the bondholders, uh, but also to banks who have bondholders, the banks are bondholders, essentially. This money is, is coming from the citizens of the other countries who actually have to borrow this money at a higher cost than the yield of what they are lending the money <clears throat> to Greece for. So it's, <clears throat> it's another way, instead of the, sh- this is why I think they make it confusing, and I'm asking you, obviously, to see if we understand properly. Instead of telling the citizens of uh, these, you know, the, uh, Britain and the Netherlands and Germany and saying, hey, we're going to take your money and give it to these banks over here who screwed over these citizens down south. They're saying, oh, no, we're just lending money, but you're actually borrowing the money at a higher cost. So you're getting screwed. You're getting doubly screwed, except they don't tell you about it or they package it in this really complicated language. Am I anywhere close to reality, John? It sounds reasonable. Here's the thing that was that was crazy. It's Bling- like a shell game. A shell game. A Ponzi scheme. Shell game. Well, it's not a Ponzi scheme specific. So shell games are trying to hide the hide the nut. Here's um, news that was only on Bloomberg, and I'm sure that this will not be reported wi- <coughs> widely. <coughs> Excuse me. I have a frog in my throat. Now you've got it. Yeah. Um, Bloomberg, the um, the financial information company, sued the European Central Bank for information about... Well, actually, I'll just read the report because I was blown away by this. Uh, there was a lawsuit over this, and the, the European Central Bank won. They will be allowed to keep private files showing how Greece used derivatives to hide its debt after defeating the first court challenge using the bloc's freedom of information rules. Disclosure of those documents... Okay, I'll read that in a second. So... Bloomberg wanted to understand how Goldman Sachs, amongst other bankers, how they had used the derivative scheme to make it look like 
Greece had a lot more money than they did uh, and were doing much better than they were when they entered the European Union, got all that European Union cash, which essentially bankers like Goldman Sachs stole in derivatives trading. Would you agree, John? Does that sound feasible? Well, I don't know that they stole anything. Oh, come on. Derivative. If someone loses, someone else wins. Yeah, but that's not the same <laughs> as stealing. They trick people out of the okay, money. Well, okay, I'm sorry. I stand corrected. They tricked an entire country out of their money. And, of course, we have Lagarde's list. There's a whole bunch of people who got payoffs for that, but that's another story. So now, it would be very good, I think, to know how this trick was done so we could avoid the trick in the future. And as Bloomberg says, disclosure of those, this is, <clears throat> this is what the court said, disclosure of those documents would have undermined the protection of the public interest so far as concerns the economic policy of the European Union and Greece. This is what the court said. In other words, you shouldn't know, citizens, because it would undermine the... In- I'm electrocuted! Ah! Ah! In other words, we don't want anyone to know how the trick works because we probably played it in a couple other places and we might do it again in the... Ah! <laughs> And we might do it again in the future. Maybe this is some critic out there saying, I don't know, this is getting boring. Let me just give him another jolt. <laughs> what do you mean boring? I think it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's boring. No. Okay. I think you're dead right. I think your analysis is absolutely correct, but it's boring and dull. And that's why I, that's why I won't get outside of Bloomberg. Because, well, we could make it, well, you could make it really exciting. I don't know that we can make that story even remotely interesting. Hmm. Scam or scam. Okay, let's play a little bit from the... Uh, uh, Don Lemon show, uh, who has a Saturday night show, ladies and gentlemen. Don Lemon has an, a variety show. He does showbiz news, and he had Pat Boone on. Pat Boone, and he talks serious about religion with Pat Boone, and then Pat Boone, man, he just laid it on. And I said the difference might be that that if you criticize right now, it's very sensitive criticizing Islam, and uh, and if you do, you, it is possible that you could. Uh, you know, you, you could be threatened with harm in some way. And, I, and, and actually, I'm not defending, criticizing anybody's religion uh, because I, I think that's wrong. And we, the whole idea of the Constitution is to let everybody have a free say about what they believe. And, and we should, if whether we agree or not, at least respect their, uh, their opinion and their, their desire to serve God as they see him, or in some cases her, uh, and 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 have the freedom to do that. But you're not saying the whole ridiculed. of Islam is a threatening religion, are you? No, I said some. If you go back and see, okay. you'll see, I said there okay. might be some elements. There are terrorists. We know there's terrorists. We know there are others who, if you criticize Muhammad yeah. in a cartoon as they did in Scandinavia, the guy was killed. <laughs> <laughs> the guy was killed. No, he wasn't. <laughs> no one can know. The guy wasn't killed. <laughs> I like it, though. He's just making it up. And Don Lemon, does he correct him? Okay. No. Hey, and he shouldn't have done it to begin with. We've got to run only for time purposes. I got- continue coming on. And of course, there are terrorists. Because you're an idiot. In every single religion. Yeah. As and every and in Christian. There are Christian terrorists. There's Christian terrorists. Let's Thank just wrap it, much, yeah. wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Get him off. Get him off the air. <laughs> that guy got killed. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs>
That's CNN for you, ladies and gentlemen. All news, all the time. That's right. Well, talking uh, about that, I'm watching... Uh, all news, all the time. John C. I think I'm... What channel is this? This is maybe Fox Business or, or Bloomberg. Fox I don't know. It's, business. It's one of them, but they're talking about the big controversy over E-15. Ooh, E-15. Hold on a second. Joe C. Dvorak now with an E-15 report. What is E-15? E- is the uh, is that a ingredient? E-15 is uh, is uh, <clears throat> gasoline with 15% alcohol in it. Oh. And a lot of gasoline has 10% alcohol in it now uh, just for pollution reasons in California. And uh, E-15, it turns out that Minnesota wants to move everything to E-25. This is all to benefit the corn guys. And so the oil people have put a bunch of shills out there saying, screw that. This is bull crap. We want to, we got, we can make gasoline. It's not, you know, it's not a bad product. I mean, it's not going to be any better with a bunch of alcohol in it. And they want to push to E25. So the meme has come out that E15 and apparently the AAA or somebody who doesn't know anything came out with this. Oh, it's going to ruin your car. <laughs> people who hate the environment. I mean, this is AAA out there issuing this warning. I mean, you can't say that this is a conspiracy of some type against farmers, against no. the fuel industry, no. whatever it is. It's AAA has come out. Now, what is the EPA's response to all this at this time? Well, the EPA claims that they've done all this testing and that it's impossible to do years of testing in months. They said they've done all this testing and they claim there's no difference. Well, here's the other difference that's going to affect your pocketbook because the truth is AAA is trying to help people. And I don't work for AAA. Actually, I work for AOL Auto. So, I mean, we're totally opposing to each other. But the fact is, is that when you're looking at the cost of what it costs you, there's less than one-third energy per gallon of gasoline that has ethanol in it than regular gasoline that didn't have ethanol in it. So what does that mean to you? You're filling up at the pump more often. It's costing the right. same amount of money, and you get to pay the damages that happen to your engine. <laughs> you had the bullshit uh, clip? You can play the bullshit clip? <clears throat> bullshit. That one? Yeah, that one. All right, let's go over this so <clears throat> the public actually can get a clue because of these talk shows, they don't want to represent anyone. Hold on a second. Anyone. Hold, I, may, I may just interrupt. You are about to get some very valid information about what is and is not true. Consider this next time you're giving money to a bum on the street. Consider giving that money, not to the bum, but to the No Agenda show. Well, I would point at the United Way and other... Anyway, so we're buying products... <laughs> United Way? United shows. Way? What? <laughs> so anyway, no, give, don't give money to the United Way. No. Uh, give it to the No Agenda show. Okay, E15 is 50% alcohol. Now, this is just a complete out-and-out lie <laughs> that gasoline that's got some alcohol in it gives, gives out one-third less energy. A complete tank of pure alcohol, pure alcohol does produce about a third less energy. But 15% alcohol doesn't produce a third less energy in a gallon of gasoline like she said. She says gasoline with, some, with alcohol in it produces one-third... Okay, I'm, I'm going to almost finish. I'll finish. The bus guy's back I, I, I buzzing the show. I don't understand where it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> He's outside. Oh, alcohol in your gas. You hit the button. All right. Uh, you could take, uh, if you uh, do the calculation on the cost of alcohol and the rest of it, the amount of energy loss is negligible in E15. It's very little. I mean, you can make the calculation yourself. But but the other thing is, E15 will not hurt hurt in any engines that I know of that were made after the advent of uh, 
uh, unleaded fuel. Mm. I I don't see what I mean. Actually, alcohol, a little alcohol in your gasoline is quite good for it because it sucks. If there's any water, you know, water accumulates in gas tanks. It always does. Yeah. And, and it sits at the bottom, and sometimes it, you know, it just starts rusting out the tank. It's got a lot of problems with water in your tank. You put the alcohol in there, which is extremely hygroscopic, sucks it up, and blows it through the engine. You're in good shape. I don't know. I'm, I'll look into the uh, assertions, but I think you can go 25 easy without hurting an engine. I don't know. It's bull crap. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just, bull, it's just burning like gasoline. It only, it's, you know, not quite well, as efficient. Well, here's the, here's the only thing. Why I, would it hurt your engine? Here's what I would say. Would it dissolve something in the car? I don't think so. There's no, there's no better can I, can uh, solvents I give, can than I, can what's I, in gasoline. Can I give you a reason? Um, yeah. A lot of well, m- most cars today have uh, have an injection system, and in fact, the way it works is that they tend to lean of peak uh, when it's when things aren't running right. They start to lean the mixture, and I believe that unless you reprogram the chips. That probably uh, it won't understand how to um, correct the mixture in the right way, and you could lean so much that with the alcohol that you actually could could damage the engine. Does that make I any sense? I think that's possible. I don't think it's, that takes place at those levels. I think you have to be about fifty percent alcohol before you have a problem. I mean, there's cars out there that are E85 or whatever it is, almost all alcohol. Yeah, and those engines are specially set up for that. I agree, but fifteen. It's not it's not even this i i like to see some documentation for the triple a assertion i think this is a setup is bull crap and then to throw in this nonsense about the you know 10 percent less energy or whatever it was third third less energy yeah that, uh, that's bull crap that's it's total. total bull crap All anyway right. this is floating around you're right that was totally boring you're right <laughs> all right buzz guy we got some oh, the, the guy didn't buzz we were on time we were on time uh, definitely some amazing drone news that has come out um, as the Pentagon and uh, the Department of Defense came out with their policy for autonomous drones. And this is even earlier than I expected it. I think it was uh, how many months ago? Three months ago? Uh, I did a big spiel. Uh, six. Top of the sh- No, not six. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Not six, not six. It was a long time ago. <laughs> not six. A long it was t- six. I, would, I did an entire thing on autonomous drones, uh, why they're so desirable. Uh, we should find the episode. And that, that actually, that is um, something we should replay on one of these shows um, with what is now oh, come no, out. I'm, okay, I, six months ago you were talking about the automatic uh, passenger planes. Right. No, now we're talking about autonomous drones. So the drone can be programmed to go kill somebody, and then you don't have to do anything. It just goes off on its mission, and it goes and kills somebody. And uh, and, and after I interviewed uh, Daniel Suarez, whose book Kill Decision came out a couple months ago, um, uh, actually it was before that even. After after I interviewed him, I was I knew I was right, but before I interviewed him, we went through this whole idea of exactly why autonomous drones are very, very dangerous. And the, the big thing in warfare is if you can remove the person from the equation, then you win. You just completely win. And by the way, it's not just countries. Drones are cheap enough. Companies can have drones. There's one flying around right now. It's probably Alex Jones. He's ready to drone me. So at the same time, again, here's how the propaganda works. And this is a beautiful piece. And then I'm going to read to you a couple of uh 
a couple of highlights from the uh, from the actual policy document, which you will get nowhere else. No one is not even you know danger room and all these people who are like oh autonomous drones. They give you the the messaging that the Pentagon wants you to hear, but they don't actually show you the documentation or or quote anything real from it. So here's a little clip where they've totally skewed the message about autonomous drones and actually made Human Rights Watch, who are completely against autonomous drones, sound like they're okay with it. It's, gr- it's a great piece of television news reporting. The machines, they're starting to take over. It conjures up images of the Terminator. Mr. Chairman, I need to make myself very clear. If we uplink now, Skynet will be in control of your military. But you'll be in control of Skynet, right? The Pentagon just issued its first directive on autonomous weapons, effectively forbidding the development of lethal weapons with no human control. Now just notice what is being said, effectively forbidding this, effectively. To minimize failures that could lead to unintended engagements. Minimize failures. That's a sterile term for mean... This is the Pentagon spokeshole. Meaning uh, harming innocents. Killing the wrong target. The Pentagon's Dave Achmanik admits these weapons are still 20, 30 years away. Oh, really? We have self-driving Google cars that are already legal in California, but we it'll take 30 years before a drone can autonomously go and shoot a hellfire in your ass? Lying sack of hooey. That technology doesn't exist yet. <laughs> what do you mean? Google's cars are driving on the streets with other traffic, not even like being in the sky. So why not? Liar. The thought was uh, technology is dynamic, and we'd like to get out ahead of it. Now, in other words, we'd like to get the rulemaking down so that we can go ahead and go do whatever the frick we want, which I'll prove to you in the document. Just this week, the Navy tested its next generation drone, which could carry bombs and land on an aircraft carrier with hardly any human control. (laughs) The directive only applies to lethal systems. Now, this is great. Wait until you get the people who are against it, Human Rights Watch, and listen how they they turn that around. It still allows the military to develop autonomous (laughs) spy planes. As we begin to approach the possibility of having machines select and engage targets, we want to be very careful not to cross that line without high-level policy review. Human Rights Watch... By the way, every single time you hear that jet engine sound, that is sweetened, you see a drone flying. Drones, they don't have jet engines. They have a big propeller on the back. <laughs> they go... But every, and throughout the entire piece, you see, the, you see the, the Reaper and the Raptor with the propeller on the back? And they make, and they put the, they put the jet sound underneath it. Applauds the Pentagon's move. Hold on. Oops. I stepped on the most important piece. Here we go. Human Rights Watch applauds. (laughs) We do not believe it's. Uh, Hold on. Uh, Not to cross that line without high level policy review. Human Rights Watch applauds the Pentagon's move. We do not believe it solves the problem, however. So the group is calling for... <laughs> that was the soundbite. ...governments to ban... That's autonom- the best they could do. And here's what, uh, here's what Human Rights Watch... They wrote an article, Ban killer robots before it's too late. <laughs> and how did that show up in the news report? <laughs> Human Rights Watch applauds the Pentagon's move. We do not believe it solves the problem, however... <laughs> How do you how do you put those two together? So the group is calling for governments to ban autonomous weapons outright. 
Bonnie Doherty points to Syria and wonders what... Ah, then they go on about how, how, how great it is. Okay. So I need to read a few, a few relevant parts of this legislation. It's not even legislation. It is a directive. Um, Defar- Department of Defense. Department of Defense Directive. Uh, subject, Autonomy in Weapons Systems. Policy. It is DOD policy that... Okay, John, you'll love this. Autonomous and semi-autonomous weapon systems shall be designed to allow commanders and operators to exercise appropriate levels of human judgment over the use of force. What does that sound like to you? <laughs> like things are going to be an autopilot, and if you want to do something, you can do something. So it won't be like Skynet necessarily, where you can no longer take over control, but pretty much these things will be autonomous. Systems will go through rigorous hardware and software verification and validation. Can we get in on that contract, please? Oh, yeah, that's a scam. Here's a good one. Complete engagements in a time frame consistent with commander and operator intentions and, if unable to do so, terminate engagements or seek additional human operator input before continuing the engagement. <laughs> Hey, I'm out of control. Come help me. Also, the system shall be sufficiently robust to minimize failures that could lead to unintended engagements or to the loss of control of the system to unauthorized parties. Not eliminate, minimize. Does anyone see this? Minimize. Um, All systems shall be readily understandable by trained uh, operators, of course. Persons who authorize the use of direct use of direct the use of or operate autonomous and semi-autonomous weapon systems must do so with appropriate care and in accordance with the law of war, applicable treaties, weapon system safety rules, and applicable rules of engagement. <laughs> Be careful now when you turn up flip on the auto switch. Semi-autonomous weapon systems that are on board or integrated with unarmed platforms must be designed unmanned platforms, must be designed such that in the event of degraded or lost communications, the system does not autonomously autonomously select and engage individual targets or specific target groups that have not been previously selected by an authorized human operator. In other words, if they program it to go after a human and they lose control of it, it's, a, it's too bad if you're the wrong guy and they can't turn it off, but it's not. they won't go off and kill another guy. I mean, I'm living in a science fiction movie when I so read this. So it only kills the one guy. Or guys. It only kills the one wrong guy. Well, here it is. Autonomous weapon systems may be used to apply non-lethal, non-kinetic force, such as some forms of electronic attack, attack against material targets in accordance with DOD Directive 3000.3. So in other words, drones can be autonomous to attack, like they're doing right now to me. To attack you electronically, which could also be a taser, I guess, or just a shoot a beanbag at you, non-lethal force. So they're saying is there will be autonomous drones, and they will go out, and they will seek down uh, profiles and signatures of people, um, but they just won't kill people while doing that. They can hurt them with electronic means, etc. So it's only one small step until they are completely autonomous and go out and kill anyone at any time. And somehow this has turned into this great report, which Human Rights Watch thinks is fantastic. And then, of course, we we need to cover it up and make drones seem friendly. So we bring out CNN and Aaron Burnett 
And she has to do a stupid puff piece with the Pentagon reporter about drones that are cutesy. Drones with fins. Drones with fins. The number of American drones has surged. You're probably aware of that. But, I mean, the numbers are pretty incredible. In 2001, we had 50 of them. Now we have 7,500 drones. In a new twist, the machines designed to watch are now looking like fish. Like fish. This is called the BioSwimmer. It was developed by the Department of Homeland Security to dart into hard-to-reach places underwater. And it's not the only nature-inspired robot. There is a cheetah. They put a skin on it. And, of course, the robo-mule, both developed by the Advanced, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, which is called DARPA. Do you see what they're doing? It's like They slip all this real stuff under the radar. And then they give you cutesy little stuff on television, like, ah, look, it's a mule. Ah, it's a cute mule. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a drone. So you're telling me that the news media. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Is slanting the story. No. To suit the purposes of the Defense Department. The drone again. That closes right. another segment of a drone let's again lighten naturally. Let's lighten things up. Yeah. Okay. So I got it. Well, we got the Julian Assange on Manning, but that's not light. No. Uh, we got brain science bullcrap, but that's not light. No. What I got that's light. What you got? And that's I, light. I, I I I produced this clip because I couldn't believe what this guy said, and so I made it. So I clipped it. So he said it a couple <laughs> of times, so you can hear exactly what he said in this report. And this is the kind of news you get on the uh, on the Al Jazeera, which is supposed to be a good coverage anyway now cruise ships contribute hundreds of millions of dollars to the economy of venice in italy but the cruise business there is facing growing opposition critics say the big vessels pollute the area's delicate ecosystem from venice claudia lavanga reports a floating city and the other floating city this is one of the hundred cruise liners that sail through venice every year On them, thousands of passengers, a boost to the city's tourism industry. But along with the tourists, these giant ships bring with them a wave of criticism. But along with the tourists, these giant ships bring with them a wave of criticism. Giant ships, giant ships, giant ships. Clip of the day. And that was on Al Jazeera, and someone yeah. went, "Hey, that's a great package. Put it on the air." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I listened to it. Again. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Ships bring with them a wave of criticism, but along with the tourists, <laughs> these giant ships bring with them a wave of criticism. There's giant no way it's ships, anything. Giant but- ships, giant ships. It, it, you know, it's one of those things that just remains funny, no matter how many times you play it. <laughs> Love that. So. So and I got a clip here that that I is one of those that I discovered after the, I thought it was fishy when I first heard it. Yeah, no. you can. I'm, I'm still ch- Hey, by the way, I turned off my cell phone. I think that yeah. might. I think the cell phone when it was hitting a certain cell, it was probably interacting oh. with the new tube amp. So unless it happens again, yeah, yeah, no, the cell phones cause problems with all kinds of gear. All right, so that's they're always tagging the you know they're tagging they're always yeah I'm here sending, yeah I'm here sending my coordinates to uh, home base yeah a person, turn it off. person of interest yeah I turned it off I'm you know what I'm well 
I'm I'm considering. I'm not going to use a cell phone at all anymore. Just I just won't have one. I don't, and you don't need one. I can commun. I can get internet connectivity through ham radio. I'll just carry that around. I can get it's slow, but it works. I can just connect to the internet. They can't track me. They can't track me. And they don't have. They've forgotten how to track me this way. They don't even do it anymore. Because oh, nobody, nobody, but a few crackpots use ham exactly, radio. Exactly. Exactly. That's my plan. So I thought this was kind of interesting. Apparently all, you know, this great Arab Spring, which began in Tunisia, mm. really hasn't ended. Now there there's riots going on in Tunisia again. And so I, I recorded part of this report, and then there was this anomalous thing that this guy said. And then I started thinking about it, and then I'll, I will talk to you about, about it. It's very, you'll notice it too, which is peculiar. A deal between Tunisia's government and a delegation from the town of Siliana appears to have failed to bring calm to the area. Days of violent protests there have left hundreds injured. Hashim Mahobara has more. Despite a deal, clashes continued Saturday evening. One of the key demands of local residents was to remove the governor. Now, under the new agreement, he will be replaced by his deputy. But it's still tense on the streets of Siliana. Police and the National Guard fire tear gas canisters and warning shots to prevent these protesters from getting closer to the local police headquarters. They're using shotgun pellets and a new type of tear gas canister that even the Israelis don't use. Okay. Okay. Now, why is a guy in Tunisia, who's obviously one of the protesters, commenting uh, on the munitions, specifically not the kind of tear gas that even the Israelis don't use? It's because the Americans sold it to him, I would presume. No, no. The point is, is why does this guy know what the Israelis use, unless he's just obviously one of these troublemakers that goes from place to place to place, and he knows. Wow. This is the Israelis don't use this stuff. I just think it's <laughs> peculiar. It's like, it's, it's like a, you know, I think these me. guys are all mercenaries. Oh, that's that's the racket to be in, my friend. Yeah, well, definitely pay that, better. That is the racket to be in, no, for sure. So I come, I've come to the conclusion that, you know, the Koch brothers, the evil Koch brothers. Yeah. You've ever noticed, if you watch PBS, there's never anything about them on PBS because they contribute to the news yeah. hours. <laughs> Koch yeah. Brothers, yeah, because right? that's how your media works, of course. And I think the Koch brothers have been shaken down. I think they're. I think they're probably just two guys. If you can get a hold of them, you can shake them down and say, "Look, you give us money, or we're going to write say bad things about you." Which it, oh. they stopped. It seemed that they stopped doing it on Democracy Now. We're going to make linked. We're going to make the interwebs all evil about you. Link TV, which mm. is on a fundraising fundraising drive right now, mm. with all these different people coming on, have decided that the Koch brothers haven't coughed up enough money. So they're going to do a special documentary on the Koch brothers. And if you want to hear that, this is the trailer for it. And if you want to hear innuendo, no facts, just somebody on the, somebody on the street, which is the problem with today's news reporting, some idiot on the street saying, ah, they're trying to kill me and all this sort of thing. This is one of the best I've heard. If they don't come up with some cash on this deal, I'd be surprised. Next on Link TV. Koch 
we have 15 homes in this area and maybe 11 people has died with cancer. I feel that Coke is responsible for my daughter's death. They're definitely pushing an agenda to resegregating the schools. What they're actually trying to do is dismantle the whole public school system. To the Koch brothers, leave us alone. Voting is my right, and I'm furious that it might be taken away. You buy yourself a Congress that uh, has single-handedly tried to eviscerate and gut environmental regulation across the board. <laughs> Great music, big finish, nice. Bum, 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 bum. That's a crock. There's not, not one piece of evidence about anything. It's just, I believe my daughter died because of the Koch brothers. The Koch brothers are trying to shut down the schools. The Koch brothers want to take my vote away. The Koch brothers are... Caught, I mean, this is like, hey, Koch brothers, go give the Link TV people some money and they'll shut up. You watch. Now, this is a very good point uh, about democracy now. And uh, to PBS, but also, don't they also, Coke Industries also support NPR? I mean, this is the way it rolls, right? No, they, they're they supporters of, yeah, all the public yeah, broadcasting right. stuff. I think, uh, but generally speaking, uh, these the, there was these fringe networks like Link, uh, which have good stuff on them. Mm. But, you know, they, they're scrounging money like everybody else, and they Absolutely. know they can put the screws to these Absolutely. guys, and they can't seem to get a hold of them. This will get their attention. I have some very sad news, John. Uh, what is it about the Eurovision Song Contest? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, we were see what what's today's date? Because we had a pool on when you'd bring that up. Yeah. Well, the sad news is that several countries are now pulling out of the contest. Oh, there it is. It's not the cell phone. No. No. Then it's definitely it's. This is a new thing. Uh, yeah. Very very sad. Um, Portugal. Poland have pulled out, Cyprus, Greece, all pulling out. I think the thing's going to collapse. I think it's it, the whole thing's going to just fall apart at the seams. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I'm I'm very very saddened by all this. Uh, a couple. Uh, of, what's, <clears throat> was there any reason for them pulling out? Yeah, of course. You're sick of it because it's corrupt. They got no, they're, they're broke. There's no money. They got no, they they can't they can't put on the shows on television. You know, and and by the way, you can't do that if you can't say like, "Hey, listen, slave, stupid shitison, give me all your money so we can put on a song contest." Hey, no, no you just you just have to deal with the voice and uh, and um, and the idol and and the X Factor like every other stupid country. That's the only mm. reason, of course. Ah, damn, John, this this I'm I'm worried about this. <laughs> I really am. I mean, this is—is is this the weirdest thing? We've never had this. We've never had any radiation coming in. It didn't, no. ha- didn't happen during the first part of the show. No. Mm. I want to just run through a couple quick things. Uh, it is important. Like maybe they're beaming. Maybe you should put a tinfoil hat on. Okay, that's a good idea. You know, you never know. Tinfoil hats can be useful <laughs> to reflect radi- radiation energy or make it receive better. Um, right there on the White House blog today. Here it is, uh, as predicted. You can scrap it out of the, the Red Book. Preserving Internet Freedom. That's right. As we have the, um, the World Conference on International Communi- Telecommunications coming up in Dubai, which is a nice place to hang out if you're in the ITU. 
And uh, the White House is, uh, is actually, of course, is all about money. Uh, the White House is uh, urging you to read uh, communications from the FCC, uh, the National Telecommunications and Information Administration, and the State Department, uh, and where to complain uh, to tell the ITU, the International Telecommunications Union, to not uh, bring in the interwebs as a part of their charter and mandate. And I just wanted to say that this conversation, and this is not about the the, the DNS system. You know that'll that it's always always part of the conversation. And, and trust me, with Bill Clinton talking and hanging out with the guys at ICANN, that thing ain't leaving the United States ever soon. But this is about peering and the way the Internet works in general. And I would say that um, big companies like Google, who are out there saying, oh, this is bad, you know, we can't have a sender pays system, I think that's absolute bull crap. I think that they are, they secretly, they all really, really want it. Amazon wants it. Netflix wants it. Google wants it. Uh, Yahoo wants it. Microsoft wants it. Apple wants it. Everybody wants a payer system because then they can block everyone out of the market. That's what they want. So that then only the big guys who can afford a payer system instead of peering, and it's, uh, it's a little too complicated to go into the the workings of this and, and how the Internet actually came to be, but I believe that we will see a payer, uh, a sender pays Internet and that it will covertly initially be sponsored by the very same a-holes who are screaming for internet freedom right now internet freedom please that's the that's the, that's the biggest double speak i've ever heard of what say ye i don't know you think they're really pure in this I don't know. I mean, they might. I wouldn't be surprised if they were, but I'd be more inclined to believe your thesis. Because if think about it. What ruined the record business? What is ruining television and radio? What is ruining uh, print? What is ruining anything that has to do with distribution is the fact that distribution is effectively free. free. Yeah, effectively yeah. free. We are. It's not, of course, it's not totally free because we pay for a piece of our bandwidth or actually... Uh, our producers, Mr. Oil, we've got Void Zero. I mean, a lot, a lot of stuff that goes on there. Sir Gitmo, everyone, everyone's working on this. But imagine if we really also, in addition to that, have to pay to send it. Well, there's no way. We'd be out of business. We, we, we can't have a central point to send stuff from. So we'd have to do BitTorrent, which will be made illegal, etc. And, you know, the record companies would love nothing more than this. This would be great. Yeah, they'd be back in business. Exactly the way it was. And this is the old way. And when someone says they're going to give you Internet freedom, run the other direction. Because these people are not sincere with their Internet freedom. I mean, come on. Have you, not, have you learned nothing by now? It's not freedom. Freedom ain't nothing. Well, nothing left to lose. Yeah, I, I have to uh, think about it more. Are you on Twitch but, today? Yeah, I am. Because this will come up. And I want, you know, by the way, every time you say something like that, it never comes up. This will come up, and I want you to say, Internet freedom is New World Order doublespeak for Internet unfreedom. For Internet slavery. <laughs> yeah, I guess, actually, I could get away with saying that, and everyone would roll their eyes. Uh, uh, the chat room would be like, uh, I've always believed that this is going to all get shut, not shut down completely, but... It's going to be uh, more controlled than before. You see, people, it's, the na- it's the natural. It's the nature of things. Can't have this sort of thing. No, 
You know, uh, J- uh, JC was pointing out some research he read recently. Apparently, the Chinese, who are like half giving up on trying to censor the net without just shutting down the net and making their. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Curry, Mr. Curry. <laughs> Where's the knock on the door? I'm glad I have my Uggs on. Can you imagine if I if I if I was grounded? I could see you with Uggs. That's just <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> well, anyway, at some point, I think everything's going to be an intranet, and there's just countries because nobody say we shut off international access and. Say China shuts itself down, it becomes just local. Mm-hmm. And there's no, yeah, there's a couple of interconnections for the for the elites, but the public, they don't care. If we cut, if our internet in the United States was just shut down, so it was just a local intranet, yeah, it's, it's, and we it, couldn't uh, talk to France. No, it even goes beyond that. The, the, see, the, yeah, the, no, the, I know you're going, you're taking it to a limit, to a maximum, so it's not up as expensive. But but I just want I just want people to understand the whole reason why the internet works is because. Time Warner and AT&T and Verizon and Level 3 and the backbone providers, they have agreements, peering agreements, which is it's literally a written contract. And it says, hey, if you send me this much traffic, I am able to send you that much traffic. And we just call it kind of a wash. And maybe a little bit more this week, a little bit less. And then if I'm too congested, you have to buy transit to go around it so you're more effective in managing. The Internet works in a very, very, very beautiful right. way. And that's actually... That actually- actually stemmed from as it became international it actually cost people money serious money to go through may east and may west and these big holes these big hubs Mm -hmm. that were which all the international traffic was routed through yep so and so there there was all this this these they were routing in such a way that it was costing everybody a lot of money until they said look if you we can hook up we don't need to go through there because you're going through there but you're also going this way around the around the horn and I can, if I hook to you, you can go around the horn with my traffic, and then I can, yeah. by the way, down here where you can't right. get, I go there, and then you can hook to me here, and it'll all be free. Now, the good news is that the majority of, of, of uh, cis admins who speak at BGP, Border Gateway Protocol, listen to this very show. So we will always have our backdoor access. We will have our private, privately peered, privately tunneled internet it may not be super fast but we'll always have some kind of access because that's how the sysadmins of the world roll but the normal citizens and slaves they will be be paying up the yin yang either through either through subscription fees or if you want to actually serve something yourself forget about it and the idea and this is where leo makes the mistake the idea that bandwidth is free is bull crap he has no idea how it works you get a lot of traffic you need more routers these are not like cheap little boxes you know this is not like a linksys you got sitting there or you know or netgear these are huge very expensive very quick processing machines more traffic means more of these machines more maintenance there's an absolute cost to it but we have this beautiful ecosystem that works very very well and now everyone's getting greedy and the main people getting greedy are the entertainment companies the very same ones who are you sucking off by by looking at their Netflix bullcrap and their Amazon jerk-off stuff. They are going to screw you. And it's all under Internet freedom brought to you by the White House. And every single time Hillary Clinton's involved with something, with something called freedom, you can bet you'll be in shackles. Because she is Lucifer. Well, I think that wraps the show. Hey, I do have that Brzezinski end of show clip I'd like to play. Mm-hmm. Is this a new clip or an old clip? 
It's the one from the last show I promised to play on I, this show. I know, but is this an actual clip from something new or something old yeah, from Brzezinski? Yeah, no, it's fairly new. He was at a think tank, and so they were asking him questions that they weren't paying any attention to what he said, but he, he kind of outlined some of the principles of negotiating uh, with the Middle East and the Iranian situa- Iranian situation and some of these other things in, in, in a way that you just it just sounds like because he was bringing he was he was trying to deconstruct what the Russians are doing with the negotiations and all the rest of it and it, in a way that it was like even he was having to say you know that not, I I can't say everybody's thinking this way but I know for a fact some people are and it was I thought it was very entertaining uh, so uh, on Thursday, I will uh, bring you some unbelievable news as we continue to investigate the Truvada scandal of the drug that uh, fits right into the blueprint that Hillary Clinton has laid out for us. And I'm sure people are making a bundle on it somewhere, just we're not. So that'll be lined up for you uh, along with uh, more goodness. But please... Donate to the show. Otherwise, I feel bad about all the work that we're about to do. Yeah, Dvorak.org slash NA. Do yourself a favor. Yeah. Especially the people out there who never donated. But I'm, I'm not. I'm happy of you. Yeah. This is like 98% of you. Boner. Miss Mickey's coming home tonight. So I'm, I'm, no matter what happens, I'm happy. I'm poor, but I'm happy. And that's the way to be, my friends. It is the American dream. Coming yeah, to you well. from the capital of the Drone Star State, where we have no state taxes, but real estate taxes are a bitch. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. Yeah, and from northern Silicon Valley, where we've got taxes and ants, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Thursday, God willing, right here on No Agenda. actually making the preferable option a success. I'm not sure that I have a prescription that really meets the high standards that you have set for it. But I do think that at some point a parallel dialogue, probably conducted in some degree of deliberate secrecy, although that is difficult on the American side, a parallel dialogue between the United States and Iran might be desirable in addition to the more formal negotiations. A great deal depends here also on what are the long-range motives that drive the participation of the Chinese and the Russians in the negotiating process. They may not be the same. I think the Chinese are obviously more interested in maintaining in general stability from an international economic point of view for obvious reasons, given their dependence on Middle Eastern oil. In the Russian case, there may be some ambivalence among Russian decision-makers as they assess the long-range significance of this issue for the American-Russian strategic balance and, for that matter, for Russia's geopolitical role. Um, one can at least make the theoretical case, and I'm not making it in terms of the Russian leadership as a whole, but I can envisage some Russian strategists saying, is it really bad for us if America gets into another major and protracted conflict in the region? Uh, America will not suffer very much because of the revolution in American energy supplies, but the region will be affected adversely. If the region is affected adversely, the dependence of Europe 
on Russian energy supplies dramatically increases. Is that necessarily bad from the Russian point of view? Secondly, if the region erupts into violence, ongoing arrangements generated over the last two or three decades largely by an American strategy designed to diminish European dependence on Russian energy. I have in mind particularly the Baku-Chehan pipeline and the general role of Azerbaijan and Georgia in providing access in the near future to Turkmeni energy to Europe directly and not via Russia is something that I'm sure some Russians would like in some fashion to undercut. So even without a massive outbreak of violence in the region, but real tension in the region, some escalating collisions or, or explosions, might give the Russians, some strategists in Russia might argue, a freer hand to deal with Georgia and Azerbaijan. That would have geostrategic consequences very adverse to Europe and to the United States. So I think we don't have a very clear sense of the degree to which um, these partners in the negotiating process are motivated to the same degree as we by the desire to avoid an explosion in the region. At least one of those two that I've mentioned might have, at least on the part of some individuals, I want to repeat that because I'm not saying that this is the official Russian point of view or the official Russian strategy, but some individuals in Russia who are hard-nosed strategists might say to themselves, well, are we really sure that it's in our interest to resolve this problem. Follow the pipe, Damn, a wave of criticism. Giant ships, giant ships, giant ships. Something is driving up gun sales. Have you heard about this story? I have this heard is about little, this. Not just in Western Washington either, but all over the country. And the answer well, may surprise you. It is all because of, get this, zombies. You heard me right, zombies. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.